Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 112. Jack and I are that back. That is what my doc says. That is what mine says as well. Jack and I are back down in the basement to talk about a really slow week in the world of wrestling, right? There was yeah. no no pay-per-views or anything, no drama outside of the ring or anything. Just kidding. It's like the craziest week. We had, what, three pay-per-views? Two title vacations. Of which, oh, right, a uh, bunch of suspensions. Some, I guess technically talking about like, title unifications as well. Some controversy, yeah. Some people going to business for themselves. Person. Etc, etc. Et so, um, just to give you an idea, we will be this week going over AEW's All Out in-depth. We'll take a look at AEW Dynamite in-depth. We're going to talk about the aftermath. I'm sure we'll come up in the news, as I'm calling it, the All Out Fallout. Right? Huh. Nice. I'm sure I'm not the only one to have used that phrase. but. Uh, and then I think we'll hit to some of the... I, I watched this week, I watched NXT as well, so I can talk about a couple high spots and rest holds from that, perhaps. Uh, we watched all of NXT Worlds Collide, right? We won't go in-depth about it, but uh, we did watch it. And we started to watch Clash at the Castle. Oh, we yeah, saw I the, never finished because I didn't want to. We saw the opener in Sheamus uh, Walter, which is what, by some accounts, is what the match you needed to see anyways. Well, it would so. still be butching, and it sucks. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into a lot of AEW stuff and a little bit of other stuff, I think, during this episode. The usual trivia segment will be in there. And do you have anything for figuring it out this week? I haven't asked you yet before I don't now. think so. Doesn't look like it. So there may not be any uh, new releases in Wrestling Figure World, so that might be on hold till next week. But there is a lot to discuss this week. Anyways, how was your week of school slash job? Fine. Fine. That's it. Uh, always so many details you give me on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you're getting... You're getting, what, like three, four shifts a week, it seems, at work? Which is good. Yeah. They're four or five hours, so not like you're putting in eight-hour days or anything. But yeah. yeah, and you seem to be not hating the job. When people ask me if you like it, I'm like, he comes home in a good mood, he doesn't complain, so I'm assuming the job's okay. Yeah. And you're starting to meet people at work that you like, right? There's people of similar age to you and stuff. It can be fun, buddy. It can be a, a good job for you, so I'm glad you're not hating it. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. enjoying it or not, but you're not. You're just waiting that first paycheck, eh? Yeah. Because you started in between pay periods, so you got to wait three weeks, I guess, right? Yeah. Before you get yours. Um, anything else exciting to discuss? I feel like we should get moving. Morbius is on Netflix. Is it? Biggest news of the week. Your favorite? Yeah, I have it on Blu-ray, too. So I know you matter, do. But... I see it up there. And also, um, my friend and I found some shark movies. Oh, God. Here right? we go. Um, so I'll drink coffee. There's like a DVD bin at Walmart. <laughs> we found like a three-movie collection. So you got Sharkenstein featuring... A shark with the brain of an evil Nazi. Makes sense. And so it's basically like a Frankenstein shark with a Nazi brain. So it's a Nazi shark. Based on a true story. Based on fact, yes. <laughs> uh, and then you have Raiders of the Lost Shark, which is perhaps one of the best movie titles it ever. It is good. That's a good title. Um, where uh, four friends go on a boat vacation and there's in the water there's a shark with hate in its blood. Oh, no. Which will eat any humans within a mile. So That happens. That's pretty too. bad. Yeah. Hate um, in its blood. Yep, that's but if the it, direct if, wording. If the hate was in its pancreas, then, then not, it's not okay. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last Great. one, the creme de la creme, yep. uh, Shark Exorcist, yep. where a demonic nun uh, takes the, uh, puts the spirit of Satan into a shark, and a priest has to fight them. Nice. So that's So you know awesome. what? You told me all about that, and you know what else? I got to hear that from Nene's brother, too, because oh, he, really? he went home. I guess Nene went home and talked about the same thing with his older brother. So nice. he, Tyson was like, 
we're weird. Did you hear they were talking about all these stupid shark movies? I'm like, yes, yes, I did. I yeah, heard all about it. Oh, we came up with our own shark movies. It'll be a whole franchise. We'll go, we're we going to go the Star Wars route where you do like originals, prequels, sequels. So the first ones we came up with are instead of doing Sharknado, yeah. you do Sharknami, yep. which is our first one, then Sharkquake, which, yep. which is land sharks. Yeah. And then the fi- the finale of that trilogy is Sharkacane. Well. And then we got prequels and sequels now and that two you, spinoff shows. Now that you've put that out there to our millions of podcast listeners, someone's going to steal your or idea. If anyone, no, we're already, Gone. We're, it's already if in production. If anyone wants to invest, we're taking investors. Somebody already has it in production uh-uh. now. Mm-mm. Stole your intellectual nope. property. It's my intellectual property. You put it up here on the... It's, so, yeah. I'll sue. Coming off of that, I don't know. There's no segueing from that shark movie story. So I say we just get into talking about wrestling. You think we're ready? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into our first segment where we talk about, I mean, nothing could have happened this week, right? In the world of wrestling news and rumors. Taking a look at the ratings this week, we've got NXT, which featured, again, lots of sort of returning people. Um, averaged 684,000 viewers, which is up 1.18%. Earned a 0.16 in the key demographic, up 6.66%. Uh-oh. That's a scary number. Bad. Right? Uh, And this is the third highest total audience of the year so far, tied with a few other episodes for second highest key demographic. So I'm just sort of going off my memory, which sometimes shouldn't be trusted, but it seems like NXT, like week over week right now, is like a slow, steady increase of a couple percent, right? And I would have to say, I don't think it's quite at the level where I'm going to be like, Jack, we should start watching it again. But it was it, uh, like in ring this week was actually uh, I refuse quite to watch good. it until they bring it back to what I want. It's it, uh, like it seems to be inching towards being entertaining or at least more of a combination of like established stars having really good matches and then some of the like whatever developmental people. You gotta fix the aesthetic though, mainly. Yeah, like, it's I, just like I don't ugly. disagree. But instead of it being non stop like meaningless matches with inexperienced people, they're now sort of getting away from that and giving you some decent action on the show at least so that's good um this week's episode of ae dynamite coming off of whoa what ae dynamite i did it you did oh my god it's been so long it's been many many episodes Uh um so it's their post all out and post ae all out punk issues that we're going to talk about in a minute so i'm sure there was a bunch of there was punk issues i'm sure there was a bunch of intrigue for this show so it was up 1.5 percent which got them 1.035 million viewers um, and earned a 0.38 in the key demo, which is up a healthy 8% this week. So this is the best Dynamite has been uh, numbers they've seen since March 23rd. And again, no doubt, a lot of people showing up to see what was the fallout from the uh, press conference after All Out was going to be. So, to segue into our first news story, go do ahead. It. Where are you doing it? No, you do it. I you just start it. talking and we'll all expand. I'll just jump in because I've... I've listened to the entire press conference once and watched all of the pertinent highlights of it once. Well, then you can probably explain so it So I'm pretty familiar. So basically, all right, I'll start out because you're just going to want to go on an angry rant at some point here. Mm-hmm. So press conference, I'm sure all of you are aware of this by now. The media almost, scrum. Almost a week out. ago. Sure, sorry, media scrum. And clearly CM Punk, and it is coming out that he sort of had this planned. Um, because well, he, I commenced right at first as like it was all planned, and I was like, "What the?" No, but just punk. The punk because he didn't makes, even take one question. He makes the whole. It makes a whole lot more sense. He immediately singled out one um, journalist, quote unquote. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. There are journalists. Um, Nick Houseman of, I believe he's from Wrestling Inc. And so yeah, he used to. 
didn't News even there. get to ask a question. And CM Punk tries to set him up for a gotcha moment by basically, you know, imp- he knows that I guess Houseman used to do improv classes with Colt Cabana, right? So he sort of sets that up because he wants to get this reporter to admit that he's basically friends with Colt Cabana and then say, ha, right? Like you're not a objective journalist. You've got bias, you've got friends and you're leaking. But anyways, it backfired a little bit because Houseman was like, no, actually, yes, I did take improv classes with Colt Cabana. I forget what his actual name is. His shoot name, brother. But um, I'm on Google. It was basically Scott something. I know. Yeah, Um, it is. And he was basically like, I'm not friends with Colt Cabana. We don't actually see eye to eye. Scott Colton. There you go. I haven't I haven't talked to Colt Cabana in forever, whatever, right? So then basically all Punk clearly wanted to do was get Colt Cabana's name out there and then just rip on him for a while, right? And then rip on Adam Page, then rip on the the EVPs and basically saying they couldn't manage a target. Uh really not nice things to say about Adam Page. Uh, in this rant, all while making it even more awkward is Tony Khan, right? Is Who, right there. Sitting right there, not shutting this down. Um, It sort of sets the vibe of like the inmates are running the asylum here, right? Because he's running down your EVPs. He's running down one of your biggest stars. This is not part of an angle or anything, right? This is him just sort of spouting a rehearsed thing that he clearly wanted to get off of his chest for some reason. Um. And so obviously this caused a lot of problem. There's reports that, well, I guess it's pretty much documented at this point that the Young Bucks brought, I think, the head of the legal team with them to confront CM Punk after this because Punk's always super tough and doing the whole, like, you know where to find me, right? Come talk to me face-to-face, even though that's not his style. Right. As he just brings it to a public forum and rips them when they have no opportunity to respond, right? right? Because he is just the least self-aware person. Like, I've been sort of, trying to be mild in my opinions of punk i'm sure if you're a regular listener you've become aware that i'm not a big fan of punk um and this is just sort of what i expected to happen at some point because this is a miserable human being who is only looking out for himself right is not worried about as we hoped the betterment of this company or just helping younger wrestlers nope it's still all about punk and even when he's the top guy in your company with the top belt he still gets his feelings hurt by people and feels the need to call them out in public and just take his ball and go home, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, basically there was some sort of uh, brawl or altercation, apparently. Think, didn't Matt take a punch? Yeah, Nick Matt, took a chair. Yes, Kenny Matt. got bit by a steel. Apparently both, all accounts are saying that Punk threw the first punch at um, Matt Jackson. And yes, eight steals there. Eight steals there threw a chair at Nick Jackson, bit Kenny Omega. So Pulled his hair like, it's the most... Stupid. Like, Everybody I'm... involved has been suspended. Uh, if you had a title, you got stripped of it. So Punk... Stri- Punk would have been stripped anyways. Right, because he's injured uh, and out for several months. Loser. Apparently, tricep tear, I think. Um, your brand new trios champions have been stripped of their championships as yeah, well. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I think so, they could have, like... Because at worst, what's a suspension? Probably a month. Like, I probably would have kept it on them but yeah and this is pretty much what i feared with punk i was hoping that he'd matured and with so much time out of the business had maybe it seemed fine for a while but he's just this in my opinion only obviously this is what you get with cm punk right seems like it he is not a team player he is out for himself he's not particularly a nice person um and this is what you get so I know Jack is super defensive because we're big Hangman Page fans. He came after my boy and by all accounts Page seems like he is a decent human being um so so stupid i don't know thoughts opinions i think my thoughts are kind of out there this is cm punk you're only gonna not get this version of punk when everything is going his way 
as long as you give this man everything he wants and let him do whatever he wants, he's happy, right? As su- he's just so thin-skinned and so sensitive. And it's like he won the, he's won the title twice now. It's right. like literally only Mox has done that. So yeah. it's just like, and he's still all pissy. and like. Holy but Adam Page throws in one line in a promo as he's building to a match with Punk that most people probably didn't even pick up on, right? About the workers' rights stuff. And Punk just is his feelings. Oh, that would have been what, like his April fee-fees, or something? Man, he's all up in his feelings about a guy saying one somewhat cryptic line. And so he gets to go on a whole rant on a right. media scrum. It's like, it's so stupid. And like his, his side of the story is, oh, the elite kicked the door down and came barging in. And... They backtracked on that. Yeah. Like, they said, oh, that was hyperbole. Yeah, like, what, hyperbole for what? Like, but, uh, and so for me, Wei Ting on post wrestling, I was listening to them talk about it. He made a good point. I think I told you basically that regardless when page said what he said in his mind he was building towards a match right punk is just being a and little punk is hurt. just has his feelings yeah like when he did it the first time he literally just did it like wasn't even planned he literally just did it to be a tool yeah so knowing that page wasn't there they weren't even really involved in a story or an angle at that point right he just wanted to give his receipt to page by challenging him knowing he couldn't come out because he's not on the show that right week, right so it's just, I don't know, man, this is just par for the course with CM Punk. And it was just, just kind of waiting to see how like, long how we get before this How is he not fired? I, he needs to get out. I don't think it's still out of the question. No, no I've heard it. Like, the termination is still on the table. Right. He needs to get out. And I'm, I'd be surprised if he still keeps his job because he was heavily involved in that. And like, he's not as protected as Punk, I feel right. like, might be. So. And he's not even right about some of the stuff he says. Like, when he's criticizing Paige dick. about never drawing a dime, I forget who I was reading. Yeah, but, like... Was talking about how some of the, the pay-per-views headlined by Paige did better than some of the ones headlined by Punk, right? Right. So like, to say that Paige isn't a draw... All Hangman's matches are way better. It's just Punk, man. This it's is so... punk, punk doing Punk stuff, right? I, like, And to me, the big thing is, like, you are the champion of the company. You are the face of the company, and you still can't be happy. Right, and, right? He's, and now this leaves, like, it leaves a massive stain on AEW either way, like, regardless of like the outcome. It, is, it does beg that age-old question, right? Is There's no such thing as bad publicity. So I guess this so. is getting them notoriety, right? And people, the internet is like on yeah. fire. Now he's it. like screwed up everything. But um, it's, and like, of course you got the hangman because he's a nice boy. And Khan needs to rein this crap Khan in. Khan needs to, he needs get to him, get, he needs to get Punk out. He looked like right that, hammer down. that scrum made him look bad, right? Because he's just sitting there watching this guy rip apart the key players of his company and doing nothing about it. It was yeah. really weird to see. Yeah, he needs to kind of put his foot down and get Punk out. I, I need Punk out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, right? Like, it, he got we got a year out of him I can before get be- stuff happened. I can get behind a heel punk like if you go heel punk and let him do this then it can be entertaining but he's not supposed to be a heel right now right so this isn't I don't even really want what him. he's supposed to be doing I but... don't care what he is I no. don't really want him there anymore just just not a team player right not a guy that you can build a company around no um to me I even before this I I never would have put the the belt on him but like nah, it's just proven the point I and guess. let me tell you all of this is making me a bigger fan of one of your boys who I've I've always liked but never been a huge fan, and that's Moxley, right? This guy is a professional. This guy... So he's supposed to take a couple weeks off after All Out, actually. Right. Like, you can say whatever. He stepped in. He's not, an, he's not the greatest in-ring technician. Some people are critical, but he's like a cornerstone guy. Like, you can have him... That's how you build your company And on. you can count on him showing up 
you can count on him putting other people over right if in matches in promos, promos he's not trying to bury people he's trying to raise everybody. he's doing what punk claimed to do right that punk will never ever do right and Mox i don't think he's capable like, of doing you and can it, hang in the ring it's and too bad punk cm punk's a very intelligent guy he's a very well-spoken guy he could be doing things right but he won't he can't he's worried about himself and he's very very sensitive guy yeah um so sorry related to that then i have that fightful select has reporting that there was a talent meeting before dynamite this wednesday obviously without any of the suspended talent and it was said to be a positive meeting that was led by john moxley brian danielson and chris jericho um with one aew star saying that those three were the right people to try and boost morale uh the report says that talent were encouraged to address any issues in-house right like don't do it in public if you have an issue with somebody be an adult and talk to them rather than doing like do the opposite of what punk does whatever punk would do do the opposite <laughs> yeah, of that exactly and we'll have a professional company right mm-hmm. um stop leaking to media outlets etc cetera, etc cetera. and word going around is that moxley danielson and jericho were all well received so this is what i'm saying right these are the real leaders these are the people you build your company around not somebody like punk who you're just wondering how long you can get before he goes rogue right because that's how i felt this whole time is how long are we gonna get basically a year right before he's unhappy right because when he got there it's like wow he looks so thrilled and he's his love for wrestling and to be back blah 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 lasted a year now he's miserable right it's just the way he is and now his beard's bigger so he looks older too (laughs) any other news from you i have two little nuggets after this yeah that was fantastic um so dalton castle is now free agent i saw uh contract with ring of honor expired so i wonder if he'll end up anywhere that's cool i guess i don't i like him but i don't see anybody like tripping over themselves to sign him you know what well, I, mean? yeah, I like and him it's like what's ring of honor doing it's like oh no nothing. you're gonna miss out on the next pay-per-view and nothing else right and no weekly show that they really need they, yeah. they really do need to get that going because my fear is anytime they want to do a ring of honor pay-per-view it sort of takes over dynamite again right because i didn't love that little phase where we were building to ring of honor no. card um, but anyways, uh, from the world of WWE to shift gears, apparently there are no plans for Roman Reigns to lose the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, at least this year. Um, so from mm. WrestlingNews.co, they are told by someone familiar with creative process, which I mean, take that with a grain of salt, because that's a pretty like nebulous qualification, right? Like someone familiar with the creative process. What does that mean? Like i guess they've worked would you argue well i mean i could argue i've read enough news stories that i'm familiar with the creative process it doesn't mean i've ever anyway we'll hope that their source is a little more reliable but anyways nothing has changed there are still no plans for reigns to lose the title this year rollins and when reigns turned heel in 2020 the plan at that time was for him to be the champion until he eventually wrestled the rock and vince actually wanted reigns to retain the title with the idea being, and apparently they're saying that it still is the idea, that Reigns will become a top babyface. So they basically want him on the level of San Martino and Hulk Hogan eventually, is Vince's hope, which seems to be being carried over by Triple H at this point. Babyface? Yes. Where's that coming from? The ultimate goal, because that's where the money comes from, right? So if you can get him there and start selling a ton of merch, that's their hope. How do you babyface him now? I don't know. I mean, it would have to be... the thing that made people like him was the Tribal Chief. Tribal Chief is not a babyface. And if you're having him beat The Rock, I'm not sure how you get The Rock in a heel spot, right? Not sure how you make that go over well. Or I guess maybe after the match, respect, respect, and that turns Reigns' face. But then what, does he go back to wearing a vest? (laughs) I don't know. 
But anyways, uh, do you have anything else? Um, yeah, uh, Toxic Attraction um, wrestled <laughs> Raquel and Leon SmackDown. They've been quietly moved to the main roster. Goodbye. That's uh, that will no help. Mandy Rose. That will improve NXT now. a little bit. No Mandy has to get them out of there. Yeah, but it kind of bogs down the main roster. Their matches are honestly they had one this week. I think with so it's that makes sense because they lost to Dewdrop and Nikki Ash on NXT, which felt to me like this is like their goodbye tour, right? Put a few people over. So it's over better on that they're out. on the main roster where they stink up possibly pay per views. But I don't watch that, so we watch. But, yeah, that's true. Uh, no Mandy yet, so hopefully she no. loses the title soon because I hate Mandy so much. I don't know who she'd lose to though at this point, but Satamura. It could be, I guess. I, I guess know. or um literally just someone that doesn't suck like roxanne perez ah, the match of the century on nxt this week was Sorry. it no uh, it's in my high spots and rest holds i I like the match but man people are talking about it like it's didn't you say something like the best women's match on nxt history or something somebody i'm like said, no it's not it was a, it was a good like and that's it'll come up again later i might say the same thing but better than the average nxt women's match yes like amazing standout match no but a, a entertaining match for sure. Uh, my last thing is just so that we couldn't have the AEW behind the scenes controversy all be involved with the men. Have you heard anything about what's going on in the women's division? I have not. Well, it's reported in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter that while a lot of people believe she is not hurt, that Thunder Rosa is really dealing with a back injury and that she stopped wrestling out of fear that she would need surgery if she kept working. Why but, do they think that she's not injured? Great question. So on his podcast, Conan has speculated that Thunder Rosa is not injured. He, his theory is that she's being quietly punished by AEW for something. Um, and the reason he thinks this is because according to him, her original report, I think to him, w- about her injury changed. Like he's saying she started out saying it was like a knee injury, I think, or a leg injury. And now all of a sudden it's a back injury. So he's skeptical. You've also got during the all out uh, media scrum, Tony Storm seemed to be like heavily implying that she believes Thunder Rosa isn't really injured either, and that there are people comparing Rosa to 1997 Shawn Michaels because basically she informed the company about her injury, right? Suddenly, hours before she, um, sorry, hours but after she was told she'd be dropping the title. She's still going to drop the title eventually then. But she keeps it for now, right? And maybe they change plans in the time. Like, I, I would love to believe, I don't, I don't want to believe anybody's faking an injury to avoid dropping a title, but wouldn't be the first time, right? And the fact that this is even out there isn't great. So so did much... she lose her smile? Exactly. So so much stuff going on uh, in AEW right now behind the scenes. Actually, not even behind. Like a lot of this we're seeing in media scrums, right? So interesting. They times. should maybe not do media um, scrums. Tony needs to get a tighter rein and sort of clamp down on these things because I know this will get you publicity and attention, but I don't think. You want to consistently be getting attention for you being don't want like, to keep writing negative, right? Like just kind of it's out of control behind the scenes. That's not a good look. Uh, yeah, I am done in news. Do you have anything else? One more. Um, I think WWE might be teasing. I saw that it might be teasing Baszler and Rousey right. as a tag team. Uh, that'd be like that'd be a killer tag team. And who beats them? Book them that way. Um, I know, at, right? And so Rousey's also facing Liv at Extreme Rules again. Yep. I don't like Rousey that much, but I swear to God, if Liv beats Ronda Rousey three times, I'm going to 
shoot all the accounts TV. it seems like Liv is one of the like weakest booked champions Liv is one memory. of the worst champions I've ever seen and it's I didn't even good. watch the Baszler match because Baszler didn't win and that's offensive that's to me. why you shut down on the uh, Clash oh, I just at the didn't Castle. really care too I, I heard, heard it was a I really heard, good pay-per-view I heard I Roman know. and Drew was good but I just don't care I don't either right like I, in, even I've listened to people go it was a really really fun and not super long pay-per-view and I like Drew I think and I'm Drew's, still like eh I mean I'm not that interested in him but I think Drew's great I'm glad um, we watched Seamus Walter. That was yeah. dope. But um, and I, I think Drew's great. Um, but I don't really care. Yeah, I'm hoping to get more into WWE, but I'm still kind of just on the periphery, not I'm caring. I can't finish. And AEW's pay per view was probably way longer. So Very much longer. There's that. Yeah. Uh, all did right. We watched it all in one night too, right? Yep. So suck at WWE, I guess. Speaking of the AEW pay per view, I suppose oh. we should transition into talking about that now. So we'll go into a pretty detailed review about last Sunday's AEW All Out. All right, so All Out, a lot of matches. I'm not going to dwell too much on the, what was it called? The Zero Hour? Right. So notable things from Zero Hour. Kip Sabian has a new theme. His old theme is better. Kip Sabian lost in his sort of return match, which can't be good for him. No offense to you being a Kip Sabian lover. The match was kind of weird. Um, he looked kind of cool through stretches, and then there were awkward stretches where not a ton was happening. But anyways, uh, best match on the was easily um, Ishii Kingston. Could have easily been on the main card, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's just, just it kind of... I get why it could, wasn't Yeah, there was no like, build. It was just thrown out. Then... Yeah, uh, absolute just slugfest, super physical, fun match. The only other real notable thing was... I was suspicious in the moment, and it was confirmed that um, Ruby Soho got her face broken, right, by, a, I think it was the Thai KO. And uh, Sammy got golf carted again. He did. Um, yeah, that was actually kind of funny. He did. He shoved Thai Mello out of the way and then got r- run over by the, the golf cart again. So, yeah, um, Soho got her nose broken. Looked like really solid contact, and she was selling it, quote-unquote, really, really well because it actually happened. But, yeah. So moving on to All Out proper main show, we started out with the Casino Ladder match. Um, not a surprise as the opening match, right? Uh, so this is funny because we're going back to my... I took pretty good notes on this, but it's almost a week ago, so it's like jogging my memory on what I thought oh, yeah. about it. But uh, this was a bit of a mess early on, right? I thought so. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so you had um, Andrade and Roosh kind of looking stupid here. They're setting up a ladder before climbing up to go after the chip remember they like ladder bridge set up a ladder bridge to the ropes which is fine because that happens a lot but, but not if you're just going to climb up and grab the chip why are you wasting time it's not like you're setting up someone to right you could have just not logically done that. you do that before the spot you go up and get the chip and don't worry about anything else but anyways um there's ladders in the way at one point. Claudio, Claudio and Andrade Claudio. have to use plan B in a ladder spot because there was something in the way. I know it was kind of cool, though. Like, yeah, um, they re- it was a nice recovery, actually. It was unique. But they had, to, they had to switch it up. Um, then things sort of picked up for me when Penta got in. He hits a destroyer to Dante Martin on the ramp on right tra- away. Right? Oh, wait, no. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the one on the ladder. Then a destroyer to Andrade there on a ladder. Uh, Phoenix hits a frog splash through a table on, on the floor. Um, then 
approaching the end of this, a group of hooded figures show up. They it's retribution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, no, oh, it's, it's retribution again. Of all the groups to sign. Of all the yeah. So they clear the ring. Um, one of them climbs up the ladder and grabs the chip. We saw like a bit of black skin, so we thought we thought it was Scorp. Yeah, it's like a black hand. Who is that? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Scorpio. They reveal themselves to be Stokely Hathaway and, and all, boys. Of, all Mor- of the guys he's... Morrissey, Lee right. Moriarty, Ethan Page, uh, Guns. I think that's yep, it, right? Yeah, that's it. And so he's been giving them his business card right. over the past So which is the payoff we thought we'd right. get. So, so I, I was surprised to come here, though. I was actually like, I was like, what's happening? Then right. they, I was like, oh, the Joker, but it wasn't time for the Joker. So it was the a Joker bit comes out to uh, sympathy for, for the devil. And I'm going to take some credit here. The second he entered the ring, the way he went through the ropes, I was like, that's that's MJF. I thought the like, mask was kind of cool. There was no, it was cool. But I liked the look. As yeah. soon as the way he yeah, went yeah. through the ropes, I knew it was MJF and the size match, yeah. right? So, uh, so anyways, someone dressed in black wearing the, it was kind of a cool mask. He comes to the ring and Hathaway just hands him the Joker chip um, to end the match after 13 minutes. And the Joker then sort of looks in the camera like he's going to reveal the mask, but doesn't. And the, the, this new faction of people that we know other Hathaway than who, and the boys. who the Joker is, they end up leaving. And um, it was weird because we, we didn't see any affiliation between MJF and uh, them no. later on, on Dynamite. None. That's going to come yet. up a couple times for me because he never acknowledged them. They never acknowledged him later, right? It was kind of so weird. Maybe me. next week. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think this was... There was a couple cool spots in this. I don't think it was an amazing ladder match, but I guess it was probably one of those more about the angle to end which was kind of interesting right yeah it was it was an all right match it is at least unique with that finish yeah um so i, I don't i'm okay with that um i thought it was always start so because it was pretty fun like other than like some of the weird bits um, stuff at the beginning i was like not impressed. i think it figured it itself better. out yeah so that's a um, nice way to say it i think it got better i think it was pretty um like entertaining at times especially when penta came in like you said so and like i like the news like i was legitimately like like on the edge of my seat as they say when the like the group came in because i was like confused i was like what the hell is happening like so i think i think that was a really cool finish because it was kind of like had me like yeah i was definitely like paying attention you know a, what i mean like apparently a lot of invested. people were super mad because they thought this was it and we weren't going to find out who the joker was right they got all oh, bent out of shape thought, right away which I is the beauty was... of social media you can just rant and rave right away and and not even before you that's what i thought so. i was surprised that they I thought it was going to be um, on Dynamite. Yeah. Um, so it was a 13-minute match. It was okay. Like, I, I don't think it was an amazing ladder match, but it, it held my interest, and the angle at the end was, was interesting for me, at least, too. Then um, things pick up significantly here because we get the Trios Tournament final match, which is... Um, now rendered ineffective. Right. Now sort of doesn't matter, but uh, it was the Elite, which is the Young Bucks and Kenneth Omega, taking on Dark Order, which was... Um, Hangman Page and Silver and Reynolds. Yes. Yes, right? So um, early on in this, Page and Omega face off, and the crowd, just a lot of energy around that uh, matchup even. But Silver, interestingly, sort of blind tags himself to ruin that moment, right? Which is something I just picked up on early on. I kind of like that story being told a little bit. Um, So then Page blind tags himself back in a little bit later, and he and Silver even have words briefly, right? So it's almost like there's a bit of an issue, and it would kind of play into the finish of this a little bit. So things then get crazy, and we just get a super fun trios match that breaks out, as we've seen for the vast majority of this tournament that has been pretty awesome, I would say. I thought Silver looked really great. He did that spot where he runs around ringside, sort of taking everybody out. But at one point, he runs into a punt from Nick Jackson on the apron to stop that. 
very suddenly. Really nice sequence in the ring for Silver, as well as a great sequence of double teaming with Reynolds that they need to sort of name that sequence, I feel like, at this point. Oh, yeah. Because they consistently like, do it, and it looks great. It's like the stunner to the German. Yeah. A rare commentary note for me. Do you remember this? <laughs> Taz said to Tony Schiavone, I'm Taz. That's the third time, Tony. Yeah. he called him Excalibur three times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I that, remember that. That, that was, was kind of interesting. Paige and Omega end up face-to-face again, and the crowd is now going nuts at this point. We get some intense action from Paige and Omega. Uh, awesome Tiger Driver by Kenny to Paige. Follow eight moonsault slam by Paige to Omega. Buckshot Lariat to the back of Kenny's next. Next, sorry. A second buckshot is missed. Nick hits his own buckshot, which actually looked really good, to Hangman Page. Before a BTE trigger, that's a near fall as Reynolds gets there just to break up that pinfall attempt. John Silver counters the uh, one-winged angel into a roll-up for a near fall here. Kenny then ducks a buckshot, takes out Silver. Uh, sorry, the buckshot ends up taking out Silver, right? So now you've got Omega accidentally taking out one of his teammates. And Omega ends up pinning Silver. And they like kind of held Hangman right there. It's yes, kind of cool. As Nick is stopping anyone from breaking the fall. So this was a 20-minute match, and your trios champions, although very briefly, your first trios champions are the Elite. Um, thoughts? Um, yeah, I thought this was uh, awesome. It, it was, was probably my it favorite was. match of the night, I think. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, another one, like it's just like action all over the place, and I yes. love it. Like Silver and Reynolds, I love that combination. I thought the Bucks had a lot of great stuff here. I thought the, some of the Elite stuff like was awesome, especially towards the end. A lot of the near falls I thought were really good. Like, yeah. It was, um, I'm glad I finally didn't have to take notes for one. Yeah, it, um, it's true. I would definitely want to watch this again, because honestly, like, it's been a week now, and I'd, I'd like to remember it better. And I like the subtle story, too, of that Hangman page is added, and that's supposed to be an upgrade, but there ends up being miscommunications, and he ends up hitting his move on Silver, right? So I love the finish, actually. He didn't help them. He actually hindered them. Which is a kind of an interesting. I love detail, the fans. I, really I like that. Like kind of like they held Hangman there, yeah. and he kind of had to like watch the yes. titles slip, slip away. away. Exactly. Yeah, so I thought that was really well. Yeah, done. excellent trios match. Uh, pretty much what you'd expect from these teams in this tournament, right? I don't think that was this was my favorite match from the tournament, but that's a really high bar, right? So there. No, my so favorite many... one was uh, United Empire Death Triangle. I think so too, right? Um, but this was still excellent. Great action and near falls. Um, and again, those clear issues between Paige and the rest of Dark Order, or maybe specifically I Silver. I don't, I don't think it'll mount anything. So I think like Dark Order is pretty like it may not, but it unchanged. could be one of those breadcrumbs, right? It seems like they leave these options that if they yeah, need to come back to it later, they can. I don't want them to. I know, but they could is all I'm saying. Um, so we knew this tournament coming into it was built for the elite. Like Khan even said in interviews, the trios belts are coming for Kenny Omega, right? So the outcome of this was never really in doubt. But the matches we got along the way... Omega's ring gear was sweet. Yeah, and these it's just a unique thing to AEW at this point, right? I love trios matches, and this is the only place I'm getting them. So I am thrilled by this great match. Um, probably my match of the show? I think it was. In yeah. my top two, anyways. Um, so my notes on all the segments in between are minimal. So I have... You might be able to elaborate because you tend to remember better. Athena cut a decent promo on Jade Cargill? Question mark? Oh, yeah, they were just showing like it a, was thing, decent, it was a rampage right? uh, thing. With her and Cargill, and it was actually pretty good. I was like, I literally said to you, like, that was pretty good uh, for like Athena. Anything be up, uh, above cringing when Athena speaks is pretty good for her, right? Yeah, she's was, atrocious. It was, like, pretty serious. It was, like, 
Like she was more serious. It was pretty good. Like I it was. thought it was well done for her, especially. Yeah, for her. Uh, then we get that match. So it's Athena challenging Jade Cargill for challenging the TB- She Hulk, the TBS Championship, right? Which I heard they couldn't actually say because uh-huh. that's not one of their properties, right? So even though that's clearly the look she was going for, they could never point that out. No, which I don't know why they need <laughs> it's to. Funny. It's like people do. They do comic book attires all the time. But, but I was cool. Have, I wouldn't have known if you didn't tell me. Oh, for example. But she's like she was green. I, I, I'm also colorblind, so that's true. Um, um, so she had some like green paint on her like um legs and part of her face. Like, I literally didn't sick. even know that until you told me that right now. Uh, that's amazing. I had no wow. idea. Um, and she had like look that up. a longer notice. She had like a, a longer wig or hair extensions, yes, which I thought much. was honestly the weirdest part of it. Yeah, because like her hair's and then she had like a one piece because it actually looks like I think it looks like almost exactly like She Hulk's comic book look. Yeah. Obviously not from the show, Clearly, but it's still, I to- it's still topical, I guess. Clearly, but, I missed all that. But um, it, it looked pretty cool. I thought it was really cool. Um, I like that. Um, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I <laughs> haven't watched the show, actually. I only watched the first episode, and then I just kind of dipped. Uh, Athena's on fire early in this one. She hits the eclipse in the first few minutes, and you're like, what? What did they call it? Wasn't it something stupid? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Uh, but the baddies are kind of late to pull Jade out, but it's still the pin is broken up. Athena then gets some offense in before Jade takes over and actually wins pretty quickly. Uh, pop up some Owen drop, kick, kip up, and spear by Jade somewhere along the way. Eventually, she hits Jaded, and it's Which over. Which looked pretty good this time, actually. I thought it was like kind of a snap. Like, she kind of just I don't know, went down fast. I agree. Uh, this was about four minutes. What did you think? What, what can you think about it? was four, four minutes, minute really? Yeah. I thought it was like seven. No, it was quick. Uh, it was all right. I thought it was solid for, but this is like your payoff, I guess. Like, I was just kind of weird. I could see another match happening, but like we waited all this time for this. It's yeah. a little disappointing. And considering when Athena arrived, I was like, ah, they could actually build her into a credible opponent. Wasn't and it like maybe, maybe double Jade. or nothing or something? Or did she like, come at Revolution? I can't remember. I'll check, actually. But now it's like, nope, you're just another like five-minute match for Jade. So, I don't know. For me, it felt like the match was just starting to get going. And then she picked up the de- decisive win. So, she being Jade here. Um... So I guess with so many matches on this card, I think there was 15 matches, including the pre-show. Yeah, I was at Double Nothing, so it would have been in the spring. Right. So and some they, they were pretty much involved with each other from the off. Right. And then this is what you get, right? So it's kind of a strange decision, maybe. So with that many matches scheduled, I guess some of them need to be short. Uh, that would explain uh, the very fast start of Athena. But then, like... Night. She got in her little bit, and then it's like, okay, that's all you get. Then, like, just take some off and, like, make a Agreed. TV supercard kind Agreed. of thing. This didn't need Which to be... Which they've done before. This didn't need to be on a pay-per-view, correct? No. This um, could be, like, a women's match on TV with a longer time. Obviously, don't make a four-man match either. And then, like, right. this would have been, like a, like, a serviceable women's match, like, for the week, considering we get Kylan King sometimes. <laughs> we do. It's probably not a bad idea to keep Jade matches short at this point because she's still not a ring general. But, I mean, I'd like to see them try. But yeah, a, a bottom line, this didn't feel like a pay-per-view match to me, and I don't think it does Athena any favors here, right? Like, she got a couple minutes of offense, and that's it. I mean, I guess getting squashed by Jade isn't unique to her, but still. Uh, true. I don't know what this means, but I said Punk and Steel talk to Marvez, and Jack hates it. Oh, yeah, because Punk's a little... But already, biatch. but you were not mad at him at that point. Nope, but I'm just saying. I don't now. remember what, but I would have written Jack hates it for some specific oh. reason. Why did and I? I was hate hoping it? that that would trigger it was something my really baby face. I think was um, it. He had his dog too. Um, Larry. Oh, what was it? I should have made more details. 
Let me see if I can find it. But anyways, um, so then we get the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal taking on FTR and Wardlow. And I guess another trios match, technically. Um, Sanjay Dutt was wearing a Fight Like an Eight-Year-Old Brat t-shirt, referring to the Dax Harwood promo, talking about his own daughter. To be honest, I wasn't into the very first few minutes of this. I thought there was just an intensity was sort of lacking. Um, and the tag rules were being followed in a trios match, which is a bit of a departure, right? So Dax was actually isolated for quite a while here by the heel team. Um, it's weird to say heel team because I watch Motor City Machine Guns all the time in Impact and they're not heels, but so it's a little bit of a disconnect for me, but that's okay. Uh, the crowd I didn't find was super into this. We do get a sweet gory special by Cash as the pace kind of picks up when Cash tags in here somewhat ironically. I usually find Dax is the one where that happens, but this week it's Cash. Cash then gets isolated. The heels start attacking his legs. Wardlow tags in, obviously overpowers all the heels easily. We get spine busters and an F10 along the way. Then Satnam punches Wardlow. That I can't find it. Leads to a near fall. FTR get taken out and the heels triple team Wardlow for a little bit here. We get a Liger bomb to Shelly. Big rig to Sabin. Lethal injection to both. Uh, to both members of FTR, sorry. Uh, Wardlow powerbomb to Lethal. Then another, then another, and another. And this match is over in 15 minutes. So the heels uh, with Satnam Singh look to get into the ring after. But Samoa Joe is back. So he comes out and they sort of the heels end up leaving. Dutt unfortunately gets thrown into the ring. And Dax's daughter comes out and breaks his pencil. I don't remember if she did anything else. Um, but she gets her She's your fight revenge. So I... I don't know. I thought this was obviously a very different trios match from the one earlier tonight and from most AEW. This one played out more like a traditional tag team match, right? I felt Which they do sometimes. Yeah, it, it's fine. I'm not saying even as a complaint, like I don't mind having a range of matches. Fewer breakdowns in this, fewer high spots than the usual trios match, but I still thought it was a fine match. Um, not up to FTR's 2022 standards for me here. Um, the lackluster build may be partly responsible. So I thought it was a solid match, but beneath what we expect from AEW pay-per-views at this point, I thought. You? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I thought um, FTR and Machine Guns were definitely highlights. I yes. think some stuff Machine Guns did was cool. Yep. I'd like to see them back even just to face FTR. I was telling you, they're so ahead of their time. Like, their style still fits today, and they've been doing that for 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd like to see them. I don't know. I'd, if they came back, that'd be cool. Yep. Um, so this is solid. Yeah, definitely. Like, it was different. At least it is different, I guess, because that's better than, like, saying, like, oh, this was really similar to... Yeah. No, I don't have a problem a variety. with it different. Um, it de definitely felt, like, more like a tag team yes. match with six people rather yes. than a trios yes. match. I agree. Um, and more like a WWE one that way, not, like, where I didn't like it, just where it's, like... Different. Less like a trios yeah. match. So it was good. Um, like you said, the lackluster build kind of makes this a little less interesting, but it yeah. was solid. Um... I still wish FTR had something better to do on Me this. Me too. They're bigger than this right now, in my opinion. But we then get a Starks Hob package I made no notes about. And then that leads us to what I found to be a surprising match. And that was Ricky Starks taking on his former partner and friend, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, so Starks starts out on fire here, really selling that he's just furious with Hobbs, right? Um, been betrayed by this guy, so that was nice. But Hobbs, as you would expect, his immense power eventually takes over this match. And then Hobbs is like what I called methodical, but still dominating, right? He's just slowly moving forward and hitting big moves to Starks, targeting Starks' neck as well, just to add a little bit more. This is one of your former best friends. You know he has lingering neck issues, and you're still targeting that, right? Just to really get that heel mode activated. Uh, Starks fights back briefly, but 
uh, this is what shocks me, just runs into a huge, it did look good, Spinebuster, and Hobbs pins Starks after like five minutes, right? Thoughts on this? I was very surprised. I mean, I thought it was solid for what it was, but I'm surprised it ended that quick. I guess like this keeps you in anticipation for Starks to get his... I would think. It can't be over. Andy Bernard, Bernard, delicious moment. Right. So I guess eventually that'll happen. Maybe maybe we get like a match with a better stipulation, but I would prefer that to be here in the movie's cut. I think this like for a match with no titles or anything, I think this did deserve to be here. Yes. Um, I agree. And I think it deserved to be something more. Yeah. I think I don't. I it didn't hate it, be. and I think it was solid. But I think this specifically deserved to be more. Yeah. And I think I hope we get more of the feud because i think it's pretty open and i don't think anyone's injured in this case no i think we're gonna get more um you should be pulling up our predictions too right i should do that uh so i was surprised here because i was really confident that starks would win it just seems like he's the one getting the big push right now and that still may be the case right this as you're saying is probably not over um i never thought he would lose so quickly and decisively if he did lose the crowd was clearly caught by surprise too i don't think they really responded to the finish too much here it does help establish Hobbs and his Spinebuster, because um, Shivani really was kind of going overboard to praise that move. Um, it seems like they're going to have to run this back, right, and have Starks get a win as well, or he comes away from this looking bad, if not. So the match was fine, and again, you've got 15 matches to get through did on Kingston this show. Did Kingston beat Ishii? Uh, Kingston did beat Ishii, yes, so they're at 1-1 now. Um, it, the match was fine, but for me, too short to get super excited about, right? But again... We don't want this pay-per-view to be six hours. You got to have some short matches, I guess. And they found a way to do that. I here. guess so. We then get a swerve and Lee acclaimed segment going back and forth here ahead of their match, which is the acclaimed versus swerve and Lee for the AEW tag team championship. So the crowd um, right away has changed Keith Lee's chant to, Oh, scissor me daddy, right? Early yeah. on, instead of a bask in, uh, bask in my glory. Um, and the crowd seems to have turned on the champions here because they have adopted um, the acclaimed and love them and will accept nothing less than an acclaimed victory in this match. Unfortunately, not going to get and it. And the but champs are pseudo heels for some reason. They, I, so I'm going to talk about that at the end because I have a, an, an, maybe an interesting thought or a thought at least. We get a nice diving cutter by Caster here early on. Uh, Bowen's with the only real mistake I saw here. Remember, he kind of slipped off the ropes early on here. Uh, Swerve mocks Billy Gunn with a crotch chop where I was like, the champs are sort of leaning into this heel persona right now, right? Um, which is smart. If, you, if they clearly see the crowd is baby facing one team over the other, then it makes sense to sort of play into it, right? Commentary are putting the acclaimed over as baby faces really hard here. So I thought that was a bit confusing because it's like going into this, we have two baby face teams and it's like within this match, we're having sort of a shift in that dynamic. Um, Blockbuster to Lee by Bowens. The action then picks up, right? We get a double suplex to Lee. That leads to an immediate top rope double stomp by Swerve for a two count and a nice single leg crab by Bowens. Uh, missile kick to Swerve's head by Caster with a really nice sell job by Swerve off of that. We get a house call to Caster for two. Mike drop to Swerve, who's stretched out from the apron and held by Bowens on the floor there. Um, Billy and Keith Lee talk. Caster hits a Death Valley driver to Keith Lee, which is pretty impressive. Um, we get the arrival from Bowens, the mic drop from Caster, and Lee just barely makes the save, breaks up that pinfall. We get a swerve Death Valley driver to Caster on the apron. Bowens um, gets a near fall after ducking a kick from Swerve that actually connected with Keith Lee. 
and lots of crazy action. We end up with a top rope stomp powerbomb combo by the champions. They retain their titles after 20 minutes. The crowd is not happy. They want the acclaimed. We get respect shown by Lee and Swerve. So again, this is a bit strange because they did kind of lean in, especially Swerve leaned into being a heel in this oh, match, yeah. right? But then they're like shaking hands and showing respect after the match. So it was clearly um, impromptu. And yeah, and commentary struggled to explain that fact as well, right? Um, so I think our thoughts are kind of different on this match. So what are yours? I thought it was a little boring in the early stages because like first few minutes, it just, not a it fan. It felt too slow. It just like it didn't did. feel right. Um, I thought it did definitely picked up, and I like some of the near falls towards. And I think the acclaimed hit their stride a bit in here, and then I think. Uh, I think the champs did a good job too. Like, I love their finisher so much; it's so good. It is. Um, and so I thought, I thought everyone did a good job. Like, I think once it picked up, it was really good. But it also felt a little, slightly disjointed, just because, like you said, the crowd dynamic was really weird. It was. So that kind of affected the match a bit. But I thought, like, it really picked up. So I Me thought too. it was. I thought it was pretty good by the end, and I'm um, definitely better than the short matches. Yeah. Because um, this got decent time. I wish like it had started out just as strongly, and then I would have liked it a lot better, but I still think it was pretty good. Yeah, I ended up loving this match, and I would actually have to think about if I like this or the trios match better. I don't know. I just got super into this match. Like you, the first few minutes, I wasn't that into. The action was kind of basic. I was almost like, can this just end? Right. The action was kind of basic, and the crowd was annoying me, although the the babyface, babyface dynamic can partly to blame for that. Then things just got super engaging for me the crowd settled in and started to so i thought enjoy the match rather than trying to amuse themselves right so they definitely adopted the acclaimed by the end i thought this match was awesome the crowd ended up making the acclaimed feel like major stars here right like this was a star making performance for these guys the energy of the crowd for all of the near falls was awesome um terrific tag team match I, again star making performance for the acclaimed and a really solid defense for swerve and lee um for this match, for me, this match helped the show recover from a bit of a lull that they'd hit here, right? After the trios match, there was a bit of a lull. So this, for me, I thought this match was fantastic. We're going like to get a, a rematch as Akron well. Akron saying they could win the titles, but I feel like that just sets back FDR. It, yes. So. I don't know what. I you've got to sort of strike while the iron's hot with the acclaimed, right? But what do you do with them? Or you put them in a feud with FTR, but you've just baby-faced the acclaimed. So, right? It's awkward. But anyways. Um. So Swerve, we talked about, seemed to be embracing the heel role. Do you think it's possible? And I'm interested. I don't know if they will. Could you do a tag team where one guy's a face and one guy's a heel? Uh, they almost did that with Buffalo Comic Club. And yes. Just, but I, I thought that's a different concept. So it's I interesting don't, I don't to me. Think so. I don't know if you can pull it off or not. Uh, the only time Lee was healed that I remember is... Um, I don't know if I see him as a believable heel. That's my thing. Um, the only time I remember he was is... Um, do you remember? No. Bearcat? Yeah, why would I remember that? Yeah. I've suppressed that memory. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Um, Fantastic match, I thought, kind of tucked in the middle of this show here. Mm -hmm. uh, we then get a recap of the Thunder Rosa situation, the interim title creation leading to this match, which is a four-way for, <clears throat> excuse me, the inter interim. The AEW Interim Women's World Championship. Is that a mouthful? Correct. I don't know. Hey, Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm. The crowd has decided, much like they decided the Acclaim should win, that Jamie Hayter should win. Also, I've become a Hayter fan. I was hoping she would win this. So I was on board with the I crowd hate, here. I hate her. <laughs> we get a near fall parade and a submission festival early on in this one. That was my very much summary of that. Then Hayter with a nice sequence while dominating Storm and Sheeta for a little bit. 
Sheeta and Storm end up alone in the ring and have a nice sequence before Rebel gets involved and takes a double headbutt. Baker and Hater work together to take out Sheeta on the ramp. Hater chokes Storm with tape as the ref is checking on Sheeta. Uh, Baker and Hater team up on Storm and Sheeta uh, with Sheeta out, including a double suplex here. Sheeta finally comes back with kendo sticks attacking the heels. Snap suplex by Sheeta to Britt sends Baker into Hater in the corner. The heels double pin of Sheeta is broken up by Tony Storm. We get one of those yay boo strike exchanges in the middle of the ring. Uh, then a bunch of big moves leading to pinning predicaments for each woman, including a tombstone by Hater that looked pretty nice. Uh, Hater basically has she Sheeta beaten here with a ripcord lariat, but Brittany pulls the referee out of the ring. Storm then spike pile drives Hater. Baker tries to steal the, ki the pin, but Hater kicks out, so that's going to further the tension between Hater and Baker, I would assume, right? Which was a while ago, but now that's like kind of. It's a nice little back. thread they're starting to pull on again, right? Because they breadcrumbed it. Yes. DDT by Storm um, for Britt Baker, then Hater and Storm uh, pin. Sorry, what is this? This is my note. DDT by Storm, then Hater and Storm pins Hater. That doesn't make sense. Storm pins Hater. That part is true. She wins and retains the interim, sorry, wins the interim championship after 14 minutes. I noticed when minutes. she was holding the title on Dynamite, it looked weird. Like, it just, like, the way the belt yeah. bended. Bended? Bent? Yeah. Um, I, for one, enjoyed this match. I, again, I love that the crowd adopted Hater because I kind of have, too. I thought she looked pretty good in this. Uh, loads of frantic action and near falls. No real mistakes by anybody, I didn't think. Sheeta was good in this, but she never felt like a contender. She's been invisible, right, for months. So throwing her in here, I didn't think added anything really, even though I like Sheeta. Um, I'm just hoping Storm's run can be more interesting than Thunder Rosa's, because even though Rosa was the one I thought should beat Baker, her run has been yeah, it's lackluster, been... right? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that Storm did enough in this to come across as like head and shoulders better than everybody. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a dominant performance for her or star making yeah. performance it was just another tony storm match um the company has talented women they just need to do a better job of writing for them so i like this match i don't think it was amazing but it held my interest and i enjoyed it you yeah there was solid action um i thought it, i thought it was solid um everyone did a good job and like i think i agree that cheetah is a lot of place here just because like she's been so irrelevant compared to the yes. rest of them and why did you feel the need it had to be four people like what what's wrong with three i guess then I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dark. Right. I guess. Um, and I like the dynamic with Hater and Baker. So it kind of plays out like a tag team match for Ben. Then like the dissension kind of yeah. eventually comes through. And so I like that because that's um, some storyline material there. Like a non-title And one now too. that Hater's been elevated, the whole Hater-Britt Baker thing would be way more interesting Than it me. was before. Right. Yeah. Because I remember before, like, I don't really Yeah, Hater's wanna... just there as muscle and doesn't really do much. But now I like her. Yeah. So um, I think all around is pretty good. Like, not my favorite... Or, match or anything but i thought it was like i thought it was pretty solid me too um we then get jungle boy promo he's mad at christian that's my summary of that one and we get that match which also is a little bit of a surprise because e before this even gets started luchasaurus comes out as we sort of anticipated here that he might not be done with christian right we've with been saying that mask. for weeks so he choke slams jungle boy on the steel part of the stage and his back is immediately like he Messed just had marks up up and down his back from this spot. So that just added to the whole scene here. And they're sort of introducing this idea that it's not Jungle Boy, it's going to be Jack Perry going forward, which I think is a good move because you can only be Jungle Boy for so long. You know what I mean? It, I find that 
Well, here's Jungle Boy Jack Perry here that, for realsies. That JR right, finally got it right, right. after JR years. Was, JR was early to that party. For <laughs> a sure. little too early. But um, yeah, it, I found Jungle Boy name is going to put a ceiling on what he can do, right? Because it's kind of ridiculous. So I think that's going to help him. Anyways, Luchasaurus picks up Jungle Boy's carcass, carries him to the ring. Um, and can you put him to the table too? Uh, did he? I don't remember. The, I didn't the, make a note of this. Table, possible. I'm pretty Oh sure. yeah. He does. He throws Jungle Boy through a table right in front of his own family, right? And actually, the crowd cheered a little bit just because I think it was a cool spot, so not the reaction they wanted. Um, so Aubrey then consults with Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy, sorry. Jungle Aub- Boy. Aub- Aubrey being the referee, consults with Jack Perry. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Um, and of course, Babyface Jungle Boy still wants to have the fight despite being decimated before She's the match. He's a big old idiot. And the match starts. Christian spears him immediately for a near fall. And then we get a kill switch, and it's over in, I think it was less than a minute or around a minute. Thoughts? And now we know why. Why is this? Because uh, Christian, too, is injured, much like um, Mr. Punk. Yes, Christian is injured, I think, requiring surgery, so he'll be out for a while. So what did you think of the match? I mean, um, what can you say? It was the, more of an the angle beat again. down was pretty cool. Yes, it was. Um, match was two finishers. Yeah, so. I know. So what can you say? And again, we suspected that Luchasaurus might play into this for Christian, because if you pay attention in all of the lead-up to this, he never put his hands on Christian the entire time, right? So um, this still wasn't what I expected, and I don't know how I feel about it. AEW seems to be using pay-per-view matches to further feuds tonight, um, rather than end them. And sometimes, mind in small doses, because sometimes that can leave leave fans feeling shortchanged, right? Like you paid to watch this pay-per-view to see a resolution to things, and you're not getting that. But as long as you get a resolution to some things, I think you're okay, right? So with only four pay-per-views, I would prefer they use TV time to build and pay-per-views to finish feuds. Depends on the feud. I don't mind it sprinkled in, so it didn't bother me too much. Um, We then get the best friends in Death Triangle interact backstage, and it leads to a trios match being made for Dynamite, which would turn out to have much important match that would turn turn out out to to have a lot more stakes than they thought at this point, right? Because this is before the Punk Madness, so before he even won the title. So this match ended up being for the trios championships. Um, Anyways, we then get the Jericho Danielson package ahead of their match, and (laughs) I'd forgotten about this in the whatever six days since this. So my first note is live shirtless lip syncing question mark for Danielson's entrance. All right. Remember the dude who's like at first it looked like kind of skinny jacks, but why are oh, you yeah, have Elliot, your shirt off? Elliot Taylor or whatever. It didn't fit for me with Danielson's like it's cuz it's the song. The song and just he looks like a like the singer of a boy band, right? He looks and like Machine just, Gun Kelly. It doesn't fit Danielson's aesthetic to me, it so I didn't like it, but good, but it he just looked, looked weird. Weird without a sh- like. Put it. Why? Why are you not wearing a shirt, dude? I don't understand. Uh, but, I, there are yeah, times where I thought he was lip syncing, and me there's times where I thought he wasn't lip syncing. That's why I put question mark. I'm not confident. And I was confused more than anything. Right. Um. But anyway, so that was something. Who cares? Matt worked to start like uh, hero, like Dragon Slayer, I guess, because Garcia also got one. Right. Not um, on the show, but the next show. Right. Matt worked to start. Danielson asked the crowd if they want entertainment and then starts swiveling his hips like he's Rick Rude in a little sort of out-of-character moment for him. We get a strike exchange that's won by Jericho. He hits a backbreaker and a back suplex before mugging for the crowd himself a little bit. We get some taunting slaps, but they just fire up Danielson. He catches Jericho with a kick to the midsection as Jericho comes off the ropes to the floor. Danielson's then in control with a bunch more kicks. Jericho eventually counters a Frankensteiner into the walls of Jericho. 
Suicide Dive Through the Corner by Danielson. Lion Salt gets countered into a label lock. We get a pile driver um, counters lead to Jericho hitting a tombstone, then a lion salt for two. Wrist control head stomps transitioned into the label lock by Danielson. A submission exchange then sort of follows that. We get a code breaker question mark. I don't know, it must have been sloppy. That's usually why I put a question mark. I don't remember. For two, and in my notes, Jericho looks winded here. Lion tamer by Jericho before a German and some elbows. With psycho knee uh, out of nowhere and then cattle mutilation. The 12 to 6 elbows rain down and then cattle mutilation again before some more to six. kicks, like the ones that are straight down. Hammer and anvil. Yeah, like from 12 to 6, Hammer 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock. What? Why those, would, those names are interchangeable. Why would you call it that? Because that's what some people call it. When, it's like, it's an indicate it's going straight down. Wait, who's called it that? I've heard that called that many times. We what? Can, when? You can look it up at some point, if you it's like. like rewound is weird. It's, but it's right. <laughs> as yeah, we've proven it's not 12 wrong to six is not you can look it up see if i'm wrong you can they, all, they never call it that who's they commentary so so i've heard other people it call it that anyways doesn't matter we're dwelling on something that i'm not wrong about but it's fine yes uh jericho low blow judas effect and it's over after 24 minutes and garcia is shown looking disappointed backstage that jericho had to cheat to win this i think it was a mule kick right a mule kick low blow um and then so that match is over. What did you think of this one? Um, I thought it was it was solid. Um, never like super invested in a Jericho match. Yeah, to be honest. Um, but I thought I thought it was pretty solid. Cause I think Danielson brings out better than that. Honestly, I don't I don't really care that he's doing Lionheart tonight. Like, yeah, it's pretty interchangeable. Other than I don't oh, even yeah I don't notice a he's ton wearing of yellow. Yeah, Ooh. like I don't notice a ton of difference between his characters. To I be thought honest, it was pretty solid. Like it was um technically proficient or. Yes. Um, it was good wrestling. It was one of those like, yeah, technical, steady, but not fast pace. I would yeah, suggest, not like right? exciting, but like solid and enter- and entertaining enough. And again, different from pretty much everything else on the card to this point. And it got a lot of time. I would suggest they could have shaved a couple minutes off this. I don't think it needed to be twenty four minutes, but I appreciate the lack of interference too, considering each man is part of a larger group, right? So it was nice that it there wasn't a lot of interference here. Um, I don't think Danielson's capable of having a bad match. I thought Jericho looked pretty good trying to work a more technical style, I guess. And I guess at the end of the day, the story here, and it makes sense, is that Jericho can hang with Danielson, but he can't beat him without taking a shortcut, right? Mm. And that that disappoints Garcia, and we'll see where that goes from there. I thought it was a good match, um, even almost very good, but could have been a few minutes shorter, probably, I would say. We then get a Darby Allen and House of Black vignette ahead of their match, which is... Another one that kind of surprised me a little bit, but uh, House of Black taking on Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro. Um, so Miro starts out aggressively attacking Malachi Black here, and then uh, Miro is reluctant to tag out, and he's actually at one point walks away from Darby's outstretched hand because he's just kind of the added to this group. He's not really affiliated with Sting and Darby Allen, right? So he's not so thrilled to be working with them, I don't think. Miro catches Buddy Matthews twice coming off the ropes, hitting different power moves to him. Darby finally tags himself in, and he and Buddy have a pretty fun sequence kind of in the middle of this one. Uh, Brody then gets in, and he ragdolls Darby for a while. The chemistry between those two guys is awesome. There's something just works for me, right? Um, Before chopping him to the floor from the top rope, the House of Black then isolate Darby Allen. Uh, Buddy just kills him with a great-looking pop-up knee here. Um, I'm noticing at this point there's not a lot of crowd energy, which I was a little bit surprised. And then... 
this is where Jack gets thrilled. Sting comes in, dominates Brody King. And oh, he's even in my notes. Sting in, he dominates King and Buddy, and Jack is annoyed. Um, so stupid. Sting rolls Buddy into his own corner because he wants him to tag out because Sting wants to face Malachi Black. So he does, or sorry, Sting first gets to no-sell uh, Buddy Matthews' boot and then holds on to his deathlock on Black while, like, so he's got Malachi Black in the Scorpion deathlock, right? And Buddy's kicking him in the face and Sting just no-sells it. Um, <laughs> Sting fights out of a three-on-one, right? And I groan here. So I'm usually the one going, you know what, it's not that bad. They've actually presented Sting pretty well. I'll pre be more on your team when we talk about this. Scorpion death drop, coffin drop, but Buddy breaks up the pinfall attempt. Julia Hart looks like a little girl in a witch costume. <laughs> That's random. <laughs> I forgot to even put that in there. Very random note for me, but she did. Yeah. Um, Black she Mass did. countered with some mist from Sting. So he's cheating to win here, I guess, right? And we got a Last Supper by Darby, Darby Allen, and this match is over in 12 minutes. Well, I mean... This is weird, because I'm going to say it. It's like, this feels like one of those trios matches we only get on pay-per-views, but that doesn't belong on a pay-per-view. Like, so yeah, it's like when Sting and Darby right. teamed with um, Takagi. Yeah. Like... There was very little Miro in this match. I, you could have this on Dynamite too, but when does Sting and Darby really wrestle on Dynamite Not, together? They save Sting for stuff like this. Right, right so but, it feels like a trios match you only get on pay-per-views, but that doesn't belong on a pay-per-view. It doesn't feel like a pay-per-view match. If the reports are true that Malachi Black is unhappy with his booking, this will not help that situation, right? Um, the House of Black, I think they just continue to look kind of weak, right? They get Which beat they have so much. They could be awesome. They get beaten cleanly by a group that was thrown together with one member in his 60s. And so in this match, many of the things that you hate about Sting also bothered me here, right? Like this whole he's dominating multiple people who are supposed to be killers. Um, he's no-selling things. Like just, it doesn't make House of Black look good, right? And they should be because they are super cool. But... It's there. I don't disagree with Malachi Black. They're not being not that I think that means he should like quit or anything. I don't want him to leave, but, but um, I don't think this match had enough Miro for me. It didn't have enough Brody King for my taste either. I thought Miro especially was not really dealt with. Well, and if Malachi Black is gone, which I think he is now, what does Miro do? And as you pointed out, right, that's maybe last week, why is your cohesive group of three? Losing to right, a which group is, that's thrown together, including I a lost a pick here because I like it m makes sense for House of Black to win here. And what did I say? Sting, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I thought this match was fine, but nothing more, right? Should have been, yeah, better. it was all right, I guess. I, I didn't really love it. I know, so, anyways, uh, Garcia then talks, and we have he has a pure rules um championship match against Yuda coming up on Dynamite. Then we get a Punk Mox video package. And then we get our main event, which is CM Punk versus John Moxley for the AEW. CM Chomp. For the World Championship. Skunk. Um, so we get middle fingers and sitting cross-legged from Moxley as he's sort of taunting CM Punk here. Maybe he's taunting Malachi and Black. And we get dueling chants in Punk's hometown, right? So that's interesting. The crowd is not, you know, completely behind Punk here. We get an early roundhouse. As we'll also see post-match. Right. We get an er true. An early roundhouse by Punk, two high knees as well. GTS for a near fall about a minute into this one. Then we're to the outside for some brawling through the crowd. And then I have yawn because it's never my favorite thing because nothing ever happens. I forgot it even happened. Punch, punch, punch. 
Mox run, is run into the ring steps. Then Punk's run into the post, and he is now bleeding. Mox uh, continues the assault on the floor, and Punk is just a bloody mess by the end of that. Uh, Mox targets the wound with elbow strikes, as you would. You get a high knee by Punk in the corner, but Mox counters the bulldog into a shin breaker and starts to focus on CM Punk's legs. STF by Mox while grinding his forearm onto Punk's head wound. Punk, or Pink, as my notes say, escapes with an eye gouge. CM Pink. CM Pink. Uh, Mox back to the bad leg with a figure four. And uh, Punk is defiant and is flipping off Mox here. Pile driver by Mox for two. Mox gets dro dropped arm first on the apron, and that sort of shifts the momentum back to Punk here. Mox gets posted. Punk stomps Mox, locks in the Anaconda Vice. We get a Punk elbow drop countered by Mox into a chokehold. Punk escapes the bulldog choke, but Mox applies an ankle lock instead. German to Punk. Mox then flips off the crowd. Each sort of tees their finisher, but we end up with a strike exchange instead. Swinging neckbreaker by Punk, but Mox blocks the GTS and hits the Death Rider for a near fall here. Bulldog, as Jack I'm sure was very hopeful that it would be an actual fall. Yep. <laughs> Bulldog choke again by Moxley. Punk rolls through, hits the GTS. Mox collapses on Punk's back. A second GTS as a credit to Mox, I guess. He needed to take two. But the match is over. CM Punk wins. He's the champion for a little while at least. This match went about 19 minutes. Um, as we fade to black, we hear a phone message, right? Begging someone to show up at All Out. And I think it was Tony Khan calling MJF, right? And sort of begging him to come back. Uh, Which I love that, because it just like, made like, I don't know. It was just really cool. And then it like cuts to a brief classic CM Punk clip, right? And then the masked dude who won the ladder match reveals himself surprise surprise it is mjf and the crowd is actually cheering for mjf right at this point yep um so i thought this was a very strong main event and it did feel like a big important match uh, i like the viciousness of moxley and he dominated a lot of this and then it was just the story of kind of punk hanging on and finding a way to win as expected i thought it was a hard-fought match with Mox needing two like consecutive finishers, so they're sort of protecting Moxley a little bit here. Lots of blood, lots of drama. Not the result I wanted, because even ahead of this, I just I think Mox just has had a great run, and he deserves more. Um, he's moving into my wrestler of the year category too. Yeah, to being honest with you, um, not my favorite match on the show, but I thought a very good main event um, to finish off this show. The MJF return made sense, was also pretty obvious, um, but I still enjoyed the way all of it was handled. So I thought it was a, a good main event, not amazing. I would say my two favorite matches on this were the Trios and the Tag Team Championship, and then this is somewhere behind that. What did you think? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Definitely has a big fight feel, um, which was which is always good. Um, it's a little short for a main event, I thought. Like, um, most pay-per-view. Like, if it's a TV main event, I kind of get it. Yeah, considering Jericho got five more minutes than this, right? In, in his Danielson match. It is weird. Um, Obvious result. Not the one I wanted. Not the one I picked. Because I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> you went with logic, right? How dare you? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm more so... I lean too heavy on what I wanted. Cause, I That's mean, true. Both you with your picks, heart. Sorry, both picks can so. be logical. Yeah, you're right. Um, I really hope Moxie wins the tournament. Because um, he deserves so much. It's weird. Like he's, They count him as having three reigns. I'd say he's had two. But we'll say, sure, three-time champion already, whatever. And I still think he deserves more. I just think, like, this, his run this year has been really good. And I think he can kind of lead them out of the darkness like he once did. 
Yeah, because he was the he was the main champion during the pandemic. Omega kind of picked up slack in later pandemic. So, but Mox was like he was the champion through the hard times, yep. like mid twenty twenty. Like he's so the dude think, you can count on, man. He's exactly. always going to be there. And like I think it'd be cool if like someone like Danielson maybe won one. But yeah. I think it. I think Mox should get one more run. And I think like with all like the controversy that's going on, I think AEW just needs some stability. Agreed. And I think Moxley is that. He is. And then MJF can come by eventually because I think he's also. I think Mox like even Moxley holds it for like another month mm-hmm. and then drops his MJF and that's it would be short, but I think that'd be okay. Yeah. Um. Overall, yeah. I thought this was, was a, good match. a good pay per view, but not one of AEW's best. That's exactly what I was thinking because right? like, I think like. You had a lot of short matches Agreed. and like some good ones, like you like Punk, Moxley, and like I like Jericho Danielson, no but like yeah. they were good. But I would like them to be better. Agree for the pay per view. I think generally they're good. I thought the trios match was awesome. Ladder match was pretty fun. Um, and the tag title match was pretty good actually. And yeah, the women's match was solid. So like nothing was bad, but some things are too short, and then some things just like I feel like should have been a a notch above. So if you're gonna give it a letter grade. Before um, I do, see how close we get. On a curve of AEW previews, I'd say it's a B. Wow. It's like, That's exactly what I was going to say. It's an average. Like, 100%. I think it, was, it wasn't bad by any means. Yep. And I, it beats out watching uh, WWE pay-per-views. But. Yes. So, yeah, like, Trio's final was fantastic. Tag team match, championship, fantastic. Uh, Brian Jericho, really good. Main event, really good. But I don't, like... The only matches I'm like, if you didn't watch this, you need to go see are the Trios Championship and the Tag Team Championship. Those are the ones. Like, there's other good matches here, but nothing that I'm like, you should really, it's worth your time to go out and find it. And then, yeah, as you said, some of the matches were surprisingly short, like Hobbs, Starks, Jungle Boy, and Jade matches, that, At right? least Jungle Boy had a reason. Yeah, that's part of a, and sort of Hobbs, Starks, too, a little bit part of a larger story. Um, so I agree 100%. This is a B pay-per-view. I don't feel like I wasted my time or my money. But I also wasn't like the fact that we waited till our weekly show to talk about it is a sign that it's not amazing, right? Yeah. Because when we watch one of their A pay per views, we're like, let's get down to the basics. I think and if talk you're comparing this. it to WWE pay per views, I'd give it a better grade. But on the curve right. of AEW pay per views, then... compared to themselves, yep. Yeah. I which agree. they've set a good standard. So a very solid pay per view with a couple amazing matches and pretty good top to bottom, right? Yeah. I would say. All right, beautiful. That is going to we'll take a break from the in depth analysis and challenge Jack to some trivia in our weekly segment that we like to call Off the Top of His Head. So an important detail there before we start the trivia, you just told me I won the predictions of all three pay-per-views mm-hmm. last weekend. It's what was funny. the final tally for All Out? On the... Uh, wait, actually, Worlds Collide, I think we tied because we... Oh, wait. Let me check because we... I think we both missed... I don't even know all the results from All Out or from... um Sorry, from... Worlds Collide, we clash at the whatever. We both mispicked uh two, so actually no, we tied on Worlds Collide, which yeah. is funny three three, and then all out you won by one, and Clash of Castle you won by two. Huh, I'm good. I'm big brain apparently. All right, so this is from No DQ. They put up a new trivia segment or whatever thing. So we're gonna talk about some of their questions that I like, some of them I don't like. So let's see what you know. Which WWE female star made her debut on Raw the night before WrestleMania 30. Night before? Yes. So on Raw, night before. What? Oh, sorry, night after. Sorry, night after. It's a big difference. Paige is correct. Very good. Uh, sorry. 
What was the name of Daniel Bryan and Kane's anger management therapist? Oh, yeah, Dr. Shelby. And he did a great job, actually. He was, like, beloved at that point. He did such a good job. Who did Bart Gunn knock out to win the 1998 Brawl for All? I got this Wasn't wrong. Wasn't it Bradshaw? It was Bradshaw. I got it wrong because the more memorable one. Dr. Death. Correct. So I thought it was I, I remember that, but I knew that wasn't the. No. Nope. I remember watching Dark Side of the Ring. And then, he, then they put him in like Against a. Against Butterbean. They tried to murder him by, by putting him in with Butterbean, basically. Like, you're going to get killed by a legitimate, even though it's Butterbean. Like, he's still a legit boxer, right? It's like, this is what he does for a living. Anyways. Um, I don't know why you'd know this. Which city hosted WrestleMania 8? I don't know. Okay. Uh, your options? Los Angeles, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, New York. Los Angeles, I guess. No. You don't know anything. Indianapolis. Indianapolis, correct. That's what I was going to say. What wild animal did Scott Steiner bring to the ring during an October 2000 edition of Nitro? A dog-faced gremlin? Uh, no. Do you um, want options if you go? Sure. Snake, alligator, tiger, bear. I didn't remember this. Snake? No. Alligator? No. I bear. believe it was a tiger. It's a tiger. I don't remember that. And I've watched the 2000 stuff over again just because it's so awful. And I don't remember that. What was the name of Dean Ambrose's potted plant? Mitch. Correct. I, even I remembered that one. Yeah, I remember that because he uh, had the asylum match. Which wrestler, I remember this from back in the day too, was the recipient of the Jesse the Body Award? If I have options, if you want. Rick Rude, Hercules, Randy Savage, Uncle Elmer. Uncle Elmer. No. Record. Correct, because obviously it's going to be a heel, right? Um, who did Jushin Thunder Liger defeat at 2015 TakeOver? Tyler Breeze is correct. Who was the 10th entrant in the 2017 Royal Rumble? I don't drink. Correct. I knew that one too. I'm like, what a weird question. I'm like, oh, obviously. It's supposed to be 2018 too, but then um, Zane attacked him and took his spot. Right. What type of match did Austin and The Undertaker have at 1999 Fully Loaded? Oh, uh, first blood. Wow, why would you know that? Two K sixteen showcase. Okay, I thought for sure you'd need the options on that one. Who did Bret Hart defeat to win the ninety three King of the Ring? I don't uh, know this. Bigelow. One. He is one of the options, and you are correct. Yeah, he. I think he beat Perfect Razor Ramon Bigelow. This one I know you I know. Who did Jericho defeat to become the AEW first AEW champion? My boy Hangman. Correct. Which wrestler? I don't know why you'd know this, but you might. Made a cameo appearance on the TV show Married with Children. No, I don't even know what that is. Would it help you if to tell you that the family name of the main family on the show were the Bundys? Oh, it's King Kong Bundy. It is really. King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Um, which future WWE champion appeared in a skit where he kissed the Million Dollar Man's feet as a oh, kid? Oh, RVD. Correct. That's pretty crazy, actually. That that's that's a true thing. Um. I actually knew this one. Who was the first person to use what would become Kurt Angle's theme song? Patriot. Correct. I didn't think you'd know that one. I was hoping to get you on that one. Who did the ring announcements for 2008 Royal Rumble? Options? Mm. The Fink, Lillian Garcia, Michael Buffer, Bruce Buffer. Fink? No. It's one of the Buffers because they're the ones that are, let's get ready to rumble. I don't know. Who Michael did. Buffer. He's hardly famous. know her. Famous. Who did Andre the Giant eliminate last to win the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal? Ooh, that's hard. Oh, was it Bret Hart? He's one of the options. You are correct. I remember getting wow. that wrong before. Ah, uh, so it's come up before? I think so. That's a hard one. You want to try it? According to Spotify, what's the official name of Razor Ramon's theme song? You want options? Uh, yeah. Or do you know? I should know, but... They're all possible. Scarface, Machismo, Bad Guy, Bad Boy. 
Machismo. It is bad boy, which is weird because he's, he's bad the bad guy. guy. <laughs> Interesting. What was the first ECW pay-per-view not to be held in Philadelphia? So when they finally got out of know. Philly. Barely legal, heat wave, hardcore heaven, November to remember. Heat wave. Heat wave is wrong. Hardcore heaven, 97. You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, who did Eddie Guerrero wrestle in his final televised WWE match? That's a good question. Batista. Wow. Oh, it was one of the options, but you're wrong. Kurt Angle. Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy. Good luck getting that. I saw footage of him right. recently for some reason, back when he was in OVW. He was like jacked. Because when he was on main roster, he was like... Average. Yeah, like in shape, but not crazy fit. But apparently he was then. Um, let's see if there's any. Well, a couple more maybe. Who did Hulk Hogan face on the very first Saturday night main event in 1985? Andre? Wait, no. Not one of the that options. Was in the first one. You want options? Wait, Orndorff? Well, he is one of the options, but it was Bob Orton. Damn you, Bob Orton. Damn you, Bob Orton. What was the official match time for Goldberg Lesnar? 2016 Survivor Series. Oh, wasn't it like a minute? I have options. Seconds? Oh, well, that is one of the options. You are correct. Wow. That I is, was in Toronto too. That's a detail. What was the name of the first pay per view produced under the WWE name, not WWF? I have options if you'd like. Mm, is it SummerSlam? It's not one of the options. Your okay. options are Mania, Backlash, Judgment Day, King of the Ring. And not the Judgment Day. Just, the, just Judgment Day. Wait, you're telling me Damien Priest and Finn Balor weren't there? They were not there. Okay. Uh, good to know, because that'll, that'll narrow it down. Right. Um, I'll say Backlash. Judgment Day. Damn it, I was going to say that. All right, last one. What was the name of the pay-per-view where Chris Jericho defeated Austin and The Rock Vengeance on the same night to become world on champion? On the same night? Same night. Vengeance is correct. You know stuff about stuff. All right, well, wraps up trivia. Let's move back into getting far too in-depth about some wrestling as we take a look at this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, for, we start off with a rare uh, TV appearance from Tony Khan himself. Yes. And again, TK. how many weeks in a row is no match the opener? Four now? Four. A it's month been a straight. month at least. I think you're right. And we get a prom. We start with the promo after this, so it's like doubly true. Even if we didn't get this, but this is understandable. Like this had to be addressed right out of the gate. Right? There's no denying that this needed to All be. Right, probably here's the, the first. gist, folks. Give me the gist of this. Um. So Tony's gonna say he. I'm gonna, so he's promo saying that. Style. I'm gonna say I said that. <laughs> All right. Yes. I'm just kidding. Uh, world title and trios has vacated. Trios champs crown tonight. Death triangle versus best friends. Can't wait to see Orange Cassidy with the belt. So a match that already existed now for championships. Yeppers. Yes. Um, what did I say about Yeppers? Yes. Yes. AEW <laughs> uh, World Champion will be crowned at Diamond Grand Slam, a.k.a. the stadium show. A, quote, Grand Slam tournament of champions to be held in the coming weeks with the finals at said Grand Slam. Right. Uh, Hangman versus Dance in the first round with the winner facing Jericho as a bye. So next week. Right. Um, and Darby Allen versus Sam McFarlane on Rampage with the winner facing Mox on next week's Rampage. Because uh, he has a bye too. So that sucks that Mox is on Rampage because I don't want to have to put in work to watch stuff. I found it interesting but... that they went like they went with first round buys instead of I, adding a couple for Jericho more Jericho makes a little more sense because... Maybe he they just, just won, and Mox is, I guess, like, 
he just lost. Well, I think they probably started with the end in mind and went, okay, we want this to culminate and at yeah, whatever show that I is. I think you kind of need to fast track it, right? Right, so, and we only have so much time right. we can fit these yeah. matches in. So I thought this was probably. an interesting start to show. So much for the trio side titles being made for the Elite. That's like three days, so. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get him back eventually, which is fine by me. And it's clearly going to be Death Triangle's time tonight. And if it couldn't be the Elite, yep. I'm glad they get it. Uh, my boy, Pentecost and an Accolade. And pack two yep. belts. I saw someone call him two pack. Nice. We both <laughs> automatically assume that was pretty Death funny. Triangle wins. It's yeah. an easy pick. Yeah. Our world title tournament is more interesting. It's odd with the buys, but I guess it has to kind of be short with the stadium shown too, not too far away. You got to fast track to that, which I understand. Yep. Um, so I call it Danson beats Hangman has a rematch with Jericho, which Danson wins. So he's on that final. And then on the other side of things, we have Darby Allen beat Tammy Guevara, which I'm wrong about. Guevara has won. Oh, really? But I, I know that surprised me. We'll watch Regardless, that later. Then Allen would have a rematch with Mox. Did some good ones back uh, long ago in 2020 when Mox was champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Mox wins that, so Mox can still win. My prediction still kind of tracks. And we have a Blackpool Comic Club face off in the finals. Mox Danson with a different dynamic because last time they faced off, it was before Blackpool Comic Club. True. So That'd it kind of set out Blackpool Comic Take Club. Take my money. And um, I think Mox gets the title one more time. I think he deserved the title win all out. I think it's Danielson. It's in the but summer. Uh, Mox, okay. and I think he should get a little more, as he definitely deserved it way more than that ass clown Punk did. Um, <laughs> I would love for my boy Hangman to win it all as a big suck it to Punk, but I don't think so. Well, I, think, I think Mox will win it, um, just because, like, like I said, he can bring stability for a bit, and then I think whoever wins the title drops it to MJF regardless. So I think you throw yeah, Mox. And MJF so. has history with Mox. Yep. MJF's never really crossed paths with Danielson. And I don't think we really need... Honestly, and I do like... I think Danielson could be champion, but I don't think like for his first title run he wanted to be like for a month. Because I think in all likelihood, MJF wins. He's not losing I don't his think title so. match, right? So I don't I think Danielson is going to win it and drop it to MJF. Yeah. So other than otherwise, I would say Danielson's a more likely pick. Um. So, uh, yeah, obviously Tony had to come out and do this. But the super awkward thing is when he throws back to commentary and commentary have to trans out of this, transition out of this somehow without acknowledging, basically, that the owner of the company just announced that he's stripping the highest profile champions you have of all of their belts, right? So it's like they flip back to him and they can't make reference to that. So there's just like, oh, we're going to make history and what a big show that'll be. So I just found it awkward. It put commentary in this awkward spot of like, don't go into details about why this happened. Don't even mention it, right? They're just focusing on this is going to lead to some big matches, not the fact that the owner of the company has just stripped everybody of their belts, right? So there, it was kind of an awkward transition, I thought, for commentary to try and a weird spot for them to be in like don't talk about how this how we got here yeah. basically right um what do you think about all the the tournament and stuff i think it's fine i think it'll set up some fun matches i'm a sucker for tournaments right i say it all the time so yes i think at the end of the day it's going to be mjf which is why they didn't put him in this tournament i think right because they have plans for him to take this championship at a later date so um could be danielson could be mox i don't really i don't know who will win i hope it's danielson i just would love to see him get a title run but i do like what you're saying about if mox wins it it's probably a bit easier to flip it on to mjf because mox has had title runs and already. i feel like what so, i feel like logo is usually in november so that gives yeah. mox a decent stretch of time and i'm not super worried about then. mjf and and danielson not having a ton of history because you know mjf he can build oh yeah no i think it would be good it's just i think 
a mox match is I, I think that works better yeah and then also like i don't want them to flip it off of danielson just like that right and i also don't want mjf to lose yeah oh i don't think he will so yeah i think makes sense mox wins it mjf takes it yep speaking of mjf speaking of mjf we'll hear from mjf right now he's kind of baby facing his entrance he's got stuff uh he's got like jersey yeah oh um he was wearing a josh allen jersey in buffalo right I believe Buffalo. It was. Yeah, so he's doing all like the standard baby face stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says the devil is back, and he asks who's excited to see MJF. And he says, last time he was around, he may have said some offensive things, and um, this crowd's chanting, "You were right." Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says he thinks we can all agree he was kidding, and he loves AEW and won't leave. Okay, he said he says he when he called the fans uh all stupid marks, he was kidding. I thought the fans there would be no MJF. He talks about the title being vacated. And he talks about uh the they're holding a tournament. He deserves a shot, but he won't do the tournament because he won the lottery match and he doesn't need it. Um, and he's, he says he's also getting paid a boatload of money. I thought the way he said that was funny. Yeah. Um, he says you may think we're in dark times, but we just need leadership. And there's once a wise Jewish man with his own name starting with M. But he walked into the promised land, and he's not saying he's Moses. He's saying he's better, <laughs> better than, than Moses. Moses. <laughs> and he'll win the title because he's better than you, and you know it. Um, I've noted very, very famous promo. It's odd, but also not the first time he's done that. And you're just waiting for the other shoe yeah. to drop, right, at this yeah. point? Yeah. Um, Mox comes out, and Mox says MJF is full of crap. And MJF <laughs> asks if, uh, if Mox thinks he's not being sincere, and he rips on the fans in that statement as real MJF returns he says he doesn't know if mox is woozy after going to sleep maybe mox is right and maybe he doesn't care about ew's fans and maybe he only sees the aw title as a bargaining chip and maybe he takes the title to a real wrestling company with real fans and real stars like it's good friend cody rhodes yeah and maybe he gets to work for a real boss Ooh. and maybe he plays the game oh uh, and he quotes, I see what you did there he quotes triple h and says that's what's best for business yep got him again mm-hmm. uh, mox says this is not the time and the place, and he is in no mood. He says, MJF needs to leave right now, or he'll make him leave. Um, MJF does the thing where he like looks like he's going to fight, takes his shirt off, blah, 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 and then he leaves the ring. And Mox says his music sucks, by the way, as he's walking off. Yep. Um, so now we got a bit of a Moxie promo. Um, he says he's pissed off and he's embarrassed. He's pissed off by many things, but mainly that he is standing here without the AEW title. He says the title is just a physical piece, but what it means, um, something to him is uh, what it represents and uh and passion for the sport and this business and everyone in the back and the fans he says the letters on the title mean heroes that worked with the pandemic when we needed heroes and the dream when aw started Twas him he was champion of the dark times yep uh he says the title means being better than the day before no matter how small a difference it means slaying demons and representing everything he loves about the business he brings up the tournament champions and he runs down the field he pretty much praises everyone typical mocks yep, faction that's right or fashion um, he says it's a hell of a shot to try and win, but he says winners always want the ball when the game is on the line, and he wants the ball, he'll take the shot. He says is it, it isn't just time to win, it's time to be a legend. Mike drop. Yes, um, I was really relieved when heel MJF kicked in because the babyface version wasn't working, although you're like positive it, he's it's not almost, staying that way, right? It's working because it n- doesn't work. Because you know it's transparent, yes. Right, so um, it's... it's <laughs> It's funny because I even if like the fans know it's fake, they're just like he gets them to play along anyway, so it's good either way. But again, like I found it strange because he makes no reference to the group or ac- their actions at the pay per view. It's a little weird. Which were a heel group 
and heal actions, and now you're coming out as a baby face and making no reference. I guess no just because he to likes them. to mess with the fans. So a little disconnected here with the, but we're gonna see it at the end that the group doesn't acknowledge MJF later. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. They kind of got cut off. Um, but it could be just like they're massively having to rewrite stories right now, right? Because four of their main guys are out for however long. Um, so. Yeah, I, I liked both of the promos. Once MJF kicked into being heel, it got a lot better. Mox, and again, all of this is making Mox look great to me, right? He's the guy that's always there. He's the guy that loves this company and loves this championship. And you can tell that it's, he's not just saying it right like he does. He puts people over in the ring. He puts people over in promos. He puts out consistently good matches and he creates no drama. I told you this at the time, and I mean this as a compliment. He is their John Cena, right? He's like their Tanahashi. He's their ace. He's the guy that you can count on. You can either book him to be the champion, or if you need him in a pinch, you can quickly heat him up, right? He's always going to be there and do the right thing and be a professional. So I think he's coming out of this smelling like a rose as CM Punk looks like a petulant toddler in all of this, right? We're seeing what an actual adult does who's a professional in his field, how you carry yourself and um, how you're trying to bring everybody up, right? Like high tide raises all boats, right? Like if everybody gets better, the product gets better. And I don't think Punk's interested in that at all. Punk's interested in Punk, right? So the more this drama goes on, the more I'm on Team Moxley. So I, I quite like this, right? I found commentary were a bit annoying here because they were trying so hard to make Mox's promo seem even like iconic and super important i think they're like overcompensating for all of the recent turmoil with punk and all of that situation so i don't think commentary did it any favors by trying to make it seem more important than it was but i thought it was uh, a good segment to start the show again i'm getting a bit nervous about this month straight of promos first but they've all been I mean, pretty good it's so. been good yeah. i can't complain i can't either um man did i miss mjf it was pretty great i mean yeah the whole baby face fake thing is is always amusing um, the tone of combat was fine, but we definitely need a mood lifter after that because Punk just is angering. Yes. Um, MJ pretending to be babyface again, uh, amusing. Went on for a decent little bit until Mox came out, so it was a little confusing. Once the real MJF came out again, uh, it was really nice to have him back. He's just, he's so good. He's just, he's so amazing, especially uh, with a mic. He's just amazing. He's just so reliable, right? Yeah. I love MJF. He's so yep. like he's I'm always gonna here. get my interest talking. Yeah, every he's, time. I'm I it's, I did miss him a lot. Again, another yep. guy I miss more than Punk. Yep, me too. Um, Easily. once MJF was gone though, I was surprised Mox still went on, but not complaining because nope. that was also great. Because another good Mox promo, like the passion behind it, and like when he's talking about like the pandemic stuff and whatnot. Again, it feels like it's coming from a real place. Which yeah, um, he's, he's I, basically very going, real. I'm the anti-Punk. Right is I felt like that's what this promo was like. I, he's not going to call Punk out because he is a professional, but he's going to say, "Here's what I'm about." Right, and it's the opposite of what that guy's about. It's right. an easy contrast. Right exactly. Now. Yes. Yeah. And um, like I liked everything you're saying. I mean, it's all so much changing at once. It's almost too much. Like it's just like in like the a span of a few days, just this entire status quo has changed. Yep. But. Um, this gets me more invested in the tournament a bit. I'm um, kind of fun to know whoever wins has MJF waiting for them because, um, with these teasing mocks versus MJF, it further enforces my belief in the prediction. Yeah. And because these guys had a solid match uh, back in the day yep. at All Out 2020. So, yeah, they would have another one, I'm sure. Mm hmm. <clears throat> it was funny. I remember seeing, like, before MJF ever turned his 
because there was that picture a while ago. Remember when he like just beat the crap out of Mox that one time? He was wearing like a white tank top. Yeah. And he raised the title. Yeah. So someone edited a picture where he's holding that title, and like in his hand is the other AEW title because back when Mox had two titles. Right. And and they edited Punk laying down in the background. So like, uh, Sensing MJF returning after the first match, I guess. Nice. So that was funny. Um. Next, we go to Death Triangle versus Best Friends for the vacant, vacant, so AEW vacant AEW World Trios Championships. I saw someone like a, a picture of like a a white silhouette with all the titles in there. It's like vacant's got a lot of titles again. Like, vacant is yeah. dominating. Yeah. Um. Notables. Uh. Which Death Triangle versus Best Friends? Did I say that? Yeah. I said vacant titles, and then I don't remember what I, I think said. you did. But it is Death Triangle Best Friends. Yep. And Pax already got a belt. Mm-hmm. He does. So, might get two. Maybe. Um, best friends launch Orange Cassie for Topi Dives at Death Triangle. Another one, uh, Cassie got a hot take from Trent Beretta and hits Lucha Bros with a double hurricane rod, but Pac cuts him off with a back elbow and stomps him in the corner. Dan Housen tries to curse Pac, but it's pulled up by Alex Abrahantes. Dan Housen nutsies him, yep. which is me saying he punched him in the balls. He did. AKA a nutsy. Yeah. That's fun to say. And then Pac um, argues with him, and then Pump kicks Danhausen. Uh, Tilter World DDT by Cassie spikes Pac for two. Oh, Pac sold awesome. it like an absolute mm-hmm. champ. Uh, Chuck Taylor hot tag flurry, and later on Best Friends hit that eat defeat half and half suplex that I really like. Yeah, me too. Um, there's a frenzy of offense where just everyone's hitting something to somebody. <laughs> yes. Um, love that. Uh, Tramp Rider goes for a Jedi. I thought they called it Strong Zero, but I think that's the tag team version. Yeah, this is And the then they crunchy. called it the Crunchy, but then I was like, nope. Dead Eye. Because I remember they called it, I picked it up crunchy, I think from the the crazy match with Santana and Ortiz. Parking lot brawl? Yes. I think that's when I first heard them. It was a crunchy on the car. I think that's when I first heard them call it that. I thought it was Strong Zero, Could but I think that's the one where like Chuck also like kind of stomps on him. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure. Because I know there is Strong Zero as one of them. Um, but So Tramp Rider goes for Dead Eye. But he takes a double super kick from Pac and Penta, so that knocks him right into a code red from Phoenix for two. So that was a really nice sequence. And then Trent Beretta does hit a dead eye to Phoenix later on for two, while Chuck also hit an awful waffle. Yes, in the corner, which I so love. That was cool. Yeah. Um, Death Triangle had stereo super kicks, the best friends, and then stereo destroyers. Yeah, triple destroyers. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And the finish comes when Lucha Bros hit uh, Chuck with the foot stomp uh, package pile driver, uh, which is always awesome. It is. And they take a, a Cassie and Trent dives, and then Pac gets Chuck with a black arrow to secure the win. Beautiful black arrow. So, yep. Yeah, so what we expected, right? So for me, there was a little bit too much silliness in the beginning with Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy. That's a lot of comedy for me. But once they got that out of the way and they got it out of the way early, this match just kept getting better and better for me. Crazy action, again, in these trios matches. Some cool, like, not even tandem moves, but like simultaneous moves, right? Like things happening at the same time yeah. to multiple people. Exactly pretty much what I expected with the outcome I also expected. And like, what a luxury to have a team like Death Trang- Triangle just waiting as a backup plan, right? Waiting for when, in the wings. For when things go wrong like this, because they're fantastic. Uh, so again, I say it, I love this division. I've loved the vast majority of matches. This is just another example of a really entertaining trios match that this company has the market cornered on right now. So I thought this was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. Um, great TV match. I'm enjoying the whole trios hell scenario very much. And uh, at this point with the tournament, all in this one too. Not as good as anything in th- that we watched in the tournament, but that shouldn't discredit it. Um, it was pretty good. Still, I liked it. 
Uh, sequence where everyone's hitting something is always crazy. The double super kick into the code red was really smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, Pack took some of Cassie's moves really well. Um, best friends coming at this look pretty, looking pretty good actually. And I thought it was a pretty great win for Death Triangle. Um, if the elite had to get stripped, I'm happy the the titles go to Death Triangle because that's a pretty good consolation. Agree. I agree. Um, if not now, it'd be it would be inevitable. Um, I didn't see Pack with two titles out, which I need to see, and I ha- now I have seen. He looks great. Nice. Yeah, it's, I love when people... Put out some kind of funny tweet about it, too, that made me laugh. What? I can't remember what it was, but oh. he was, like, insulting his fans during the tweet, right, basically, because he's, uh, he's a bastard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like when people got more than one belt. Yep. It's funny. It's cool. Two-pack. Uh, yeah, two-pack. And he's the first EW double champion. Yep. He, uh, that's correct. He is. Yeah. That was, I saw that as well. Yeah, because, um, I mean, like... FTR do that, but it's not EW belts. Correct. And I don't know if anyone actually has done that. Interim doesn't really count. That's no. more of like a unification. I think he's deal. the first. He, they, yeah. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like a cool, they put out a cool graphic too. Nice. I'm next to get Dark Order interview and they got like new masks. Evil Uno's looking like, remember I said the mayor from Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> right. Yes. And Ten's mask looks really weird. It reminds me a little bit of Slapjack. Yes. Which is not a good thing. No. Uh, Jose interrupts and puts out a contract saying Andrade uh, sent him to get 10 to sign it. Uno says no again to Dark Order forever. And Silva says his last name is The Assistant and get it, and tells him to get out. Yeah, and that, shoves him. that was really funny. Yeah, just his delivery is funny, right? Uh, then, yeah, then Roosh and Andrade come in. Andrade threatens them with a crutch again, which would be funny if he just like wailed on him again. And he'll get what he wants. And Silva says the only thing he'll get is these fists. Funny said, um, you want to get these hands? Right. Uh-huh. He's back. I know. Uh, red pants. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Roosh is like, you want to fight? And so I was like, yeah, I do. And then Andrade holds him off. Um, it was pretty short, so it was solid. Andrade's still after 10, so it's kind of weird, but it's fine. kind of makes sense, because 10 is like, he seems like he's, I don't know, the least fitting member of Dark Order. So I get that they go out, because he's a big, strong guy. I just, I'm like, I guess this gives Andrade and Roosh something to do. I just wish they had something bigger to do, right? Like, because I think they're awesome and a cool little partnership. Yeah. Um. So messing around with the Dark Order isn't exactly a top spot on the card, but I guess it gives them something to do for now. So I'm fine with it. Uh, um, I like Silver's line a lot. That was funny. yeah. Su- Silver's funny, man. He's a funny guy. So yeah, this mm-hmm. se- was a fine segment. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a recap of the interim women's title match at All Out, and then after we see like backstage bit where Baker's trying to apologize to Hater, but she's just like walking by angrily and she's just kind of like walking up trying to like, tell him bigger not to talk to her yeah. um so this is fine starting the dissension more right um, just a quick way to further that story it was good yep and then we got our only women's match of the night in the brit baker spot in the brit baker spot no Sans brit baker. Brit baker. weird uh tony storm versus Lope ford uh aw interim women's world championship eliminator match which is weird she still got the super bad gimmick Kip Sabian doesn't. And yeah, but and they're still together, like on the show as well. Yeah, Kip Sabian came out with her yeah. um, box and all, which I think would be a funny Halloween costume. If I can acquire a suit and pants, I will do that. All right. I will genu- I would love to do that because then I get to wear a cardboard box on my head. Right. And you can live, depending fulfill on how. Fulfill your I, lifelong dream of a wearing a cardboard box on your on head. On my head, which I, I, I've never had the opportunity to do before. Well, um, you, you're. Take your cue from the cat. She loves a good cardboard box. You know she's been and, modeling it for you forever. And um, well, we I just need like the right box, like you know, like one that you would naturally put on your head. Right. And um, and then like depending on how I play, I could just it, no one would notice it's me. Correct. Even better. Which is your dream? In stealth mode. Yeah, stealth mode. Exactly. Yeah. I would, 
I don't know how to get a suit, but we'll see. Because I'm sure either. there's a costume. Not day, paying so. for a suit for you to wear for Halloween. I'll tell you that much. Oh. But you could maybe think about someone to borrow from, maybe. Halloween costume or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, depends. Maybe I think I need a red one. You go to the thrift store and see. Thrift store. What they've got. <laughs> um. Anyways. Um. Ford avoids the hip tack by going to the outside, and then Storm hits a basement drop kick. And then when she goes outside, Ford sends her in steel stairs. Um, later on, corner up a cut by Storm and then hip attack. And the pendulum DT by Storm, a crappy one at that. It looked like she like laid her down to take a nap. Like it was so gentle that it was a bit jarring that it Pretty generated a pinfall. Pretty bad. Yeah, I, the match was fine at best and the finish was less than that because it honestly like, I don't know, man, I feel like the ref should have leaned in and been like, you need to do that again because that looked super like not painful, not enough to pin. Like it doesn't make... Penelope Ford looked good that she mm. that that kept her down right so again like I don't know man this women's division I don't know what the problem is I don't know but this is like all we get on this show and it wasn't very good and it was yeah. Penelope Ford who we haven't seen in forever I don't know man I don't know I don't know what they're doing but it's not good so anyways your thoughts um yeah this was not great it was pretty short only had like two notables uh, there are a few things that were like pretty sloppy, like another corner move, boot a boot Storm tried to hit. Finisher looked really bad too. The weird thing is, I'm not really blaming Storm that much though. I think she's not that the best, but I think she's pretty good when she's got a quality opponent, which clearly Ford is not. So I don't think Ford is that great because I don't blame Storm that much here because I think yeah, like when she's facing Baker, I think she's pretty good. So yes. I think like it's not entirely her fault, which is weird. But a little bit, I think they kind of both of them require somebody to. Yeah. Bring them up a notch. Right? Obvious outcome, this was not great. No. I actually got a 2.0 promo also with Hook and whatever his name is. There's like, I didn't really take notes on this. It was fine. Oh, um, the guy. Sorry, the other guy, right? Yeah. He actually sounded pretty good for what they asked him to do, right? It's it was funny because right. um, Coots texted me, a buddy of mine, um, and he he doesn't watch wrestling, but he knows we love it and do the pod. I think he might listen to the pod every now and then. But he sent a picture of, what's his name, Action Bronson, and said, like, hey, I saw that one of the rappers I really like was actually on their show. How did he do? And I said, actually, for what he was asked to do, he did a pretty good job, right? Like, he did a lot better than many non-wrestling people do, cutting a promo and in a brief physicality, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't really care about the feud at all. I like the segment. I thought 2.0 sounded great. Um, and yeah, actually, they always do a good job. I thought Action Bronson sounds good. He does. Action Bronson sounded pretty natural. Yeah, I thought. Actually. Right. Yeah. Uh, next, we get the acclaimed. Swerve cuts off their entrance with his, which is pretty good heel heat considering. Right, he is leaning into. Ah, uh, he's he'll be so cool as a heel if they let him run with it. Mm -hmm. He says, "Sorry, Buffalo," and asks if they were here to hear, here to hear, two different hears. Right. Here to hear more corny rap jokes from the acclaimed. He says he has a joke for everyone. He says the acclaimed is AEW tag champs, which actually made me laugh because that was funny. Yeah. Not because, like, well, yeah, yeah, but, like, <laughs> also just because it was funny that he said that. Yeah. yeah it, was just, it was just funny. Okay. Uh, Billy Gunn says it's not Swerve's house, it's Daddy Ass's house. <laughs> Such a weird thing to, to hear you say, more so than him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy Ass's house. Yeah. Nice. House of Ass. Yep. With Daddy Ass. <laughs> if you'd the House of Black. Yeah, House of Ass. You know House of Ass will win, because House of Black don't. Yep. So. And the ass always wins. That's right. Instead of the house. Mm -hmm. The ass always wins. Um, Bowen says, because of the fans at Grand Slam, they'll get a rematch. 
uh, and they will take home gold because everyone loves the acclaimed. I read that weird where it was like the fans at Grand Sl- because of the fans at Grand Slam instead of the fans because of the fans at Grand Slam. Right. Gonna touch. I'm dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think like it's kind of cool that I feel like literally a crowd, right? A super hot crowd in Chicago has made stars out of the acclaimed and heels out of Swerve and probably Lee, at least Swerve, right? So that's kind of impressive that the fans had that big of a role in that because I'm not sure if that was the plan going in, right? I, I don't know, but the fans made it happen, which is really cool. And I love this all-out match, as we talked about earlier, so I'm all for a rematch between these two. I don't know if they can live up to the, the first match, but the Acclaimed are now red hot, and um, I think the heel turn's going to help Swerve especially because he can be a really cool heel, right? So. I thought there was just a really good energy to this segment overall. And I need they need to strike with the acclaimed while they're hot. I don't know if that means give them the titles or what, but you they just got elevated, so what are you gonna do now that they are elevated, right? I'm interested to see where I don't we go think with they this. should win. I think you can keep them at this level now. Me too. I don't I think it's it should be FTR and I love the acclaimed, but I just don't like I don't think so. Yeah. I was solid but it was short. The only thing I is like I think I want it's kinda of funny, like I wonder what what would the acclaimed have done if they weren't interrupted like a match or just like rap? Like, I was just, like, a little funny. bit annoyed that we didn't get a cast or rap. Like I get that it's good heel heat, but I I feel like I was deprived yeah, of something I enjoy. Yeah, me too. Um, they capitalized on the all out crowd reaction here, which was smart. I forgot Swerve works really well as a heel. He does. That's what really got me to love him. Yes, was turning heel and forming cool. hit row. Yes. Yeah, he's he is really cool, and I forgot that. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, this was solid. I'm actually get a jazz interview with <laughs> a collection of dumb names. Well, actually, Guevara and Jericho are normal. And you got Ty Mello, which just sounds bad. But they didn't call her that. Ty Conti, which right. I like better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just used to it. I just think it sounds I better. I think Tony just forgot, probably. I think Ty Mello is just weird. It, it just, I don't know. It's just it not sounds what like I'm a crappy to. rap name. And it just seems weird because her initial name was Conti, and now she married Guevara, so she's changing her name, but not to Guevara, to some third name. I, I, get that I know it's her social name, media but... name reads, like, I think she, her, she, her thing's still Ty Conti, but, like, you can put your real name in your bio. Yeah. I think it's Tainara Mello Guevara, yeah. I want to say. That sounds right. Anyways. Um, I forgot she was Tainara Conti way back. Yeah. Then you got Anna J-A-S. And what's happened to her? Because remember when she finished up NXT, we thought she was getting better. She was in AEW at the beginning. We're like, wow, she's actually really good now. And now it's kind of like she's just drifting, right? I don't know. When she was babyface, I thought she was much better. She was starting to string together some cool matches, too. I don't I know. I don't, don't know what think happened. she should have gone with Guevara. Yeah, maybe. Cause between the heel turn not working out, between all the men of the year crap. Because we remember we thought she was at like perfect level for TBS championship, right? Like she's. Not quite like yeah, like a year ago, top 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 of the card, but she's like almost right. there, and she's mm-hmm. having good matches, you know. And yeah, then just over a year ago, she was like facing yeah. Baker, and it was solid. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, what, what a difference a year makes, I guess. We're avoiding this segment. Yeah, um, Jericho says his boom was gig- a gigantic when he is better than ever. Talks about some founded youth crap that I don't care about. Um, he says he beat Danson at his own game. He's the best wrestler and the best sports entertainer. He says he'll win his eighth title, and it's his title. So world titles, he's won the WCW title, I think twice, or WCW title, undisputed title in WWE, world heavyweight title, world heavyweight title. Fact checking them? World heavyweight title. In real time here? Uh, AW title, it's six. 
seventh, I guess. Maybe another WCW one. So I guess you could justify this being the eighth. Probably. Um, he says Samuel will beat Darby on Rampage. Indeed. He says Darby's turtle-loving ass will get beat on Friday. Does he love turtles? That I guess. Random. Uh, News to me. Jericho says Garcia has a match tonight. He knows he'll win, but he has ditched them, so he has to do it alone. Yada, yada, yada. Um, this is fine. The whole Fountain of Youth thing was eh. Other than that, it's fine. The Guevara was solid. Last line was weird. That was like, oh, we're so sexy. And yeah. That was I, lame. This, for me, I had very little notes other than this was too long. I don't care about Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho had a couple amusing parts, but I just don't care about this mm-hmm. group. I don't get it, and it was too long. Mm-hmm. Um, Wardlow, TNT title open challenge against Tony Nese. Um, there he, he hits a headbutt. And he does that wind-up clothesline he does. It's kind of weird how he does it. And he jiggles Wardlow's pecs before it starts for some reason, like implying you're not in, like, tight enough shape, which I thought was interesting. But anyway. Mm-hmm. And then Wardlow has three power bombs. That's it. Yeah, I don't... Uh, and then there was a bit, he had a bit of a promo after he did. just saying, like, people saying he's lost it because I guess he's been, like, a little less prominent, but he's still he the TNT champion, or I wrote champions. Right. Uh, and it's time he reminds everyone this is Wardlow's world. Um, Just another squash match, like, what else do you want me to say? Yeah. Not much here. The promo was quick and basic, but it was solid, like, I guess, like, I had standard, bringing Wardlow back in the spotlight a bit. Yeah, standard fired up big man promo is what I had, right? Um. Yeah, this is what it was, but I don't know why it had to be Nice. He's trying to like get a tag team with Josh Woods off the ground, and I don't know why he needed to be the one to take this beating. Not even, even that I'm weirder. A, now they're setting up Josh Woods and Samoa Joe. Not even that I'm a big like Nice defender, but um, I thought maybe Woods would end up being the next challenger for Wardlow then, which would be kind of interesting. But like, I want to ask I think you: War- Our Woods is going for Samoa Joe. Is it just me, or is Wardlow like pretty boring since the MJF angle ended? Yep. Right? Like, I yeah, don't... it's just like, that's what I'm saying. Like, TNT Tiles in a bit of a lull. And we talked about they kind of booked themselves into this corner where he has to win dominantly, like, virtually every time. Who was it had a competitive match? Cassidy? Cassidy. Right? Which was a good match. But, like, you've created this monster where how does he lose and who does he lose to, right? So, I don't know. It was fine, I guess. But Wardlow's, the blooms off the rose a little bit. The whole build with MJF was great. The payoff was great. And since then, it's just kind of, he's not doing much for me at all, really. Yeah, it's it's not really connecting for me. And, like, I don't just, I don't really care. Yeah. And it's just, like, another, t- like, and I like the title, so I I wish they And would. to me, that should be, like, the working title, right? Like, that can be, like, your intercontinental title, not your power guy squashes people title. It's just not what I want from that title. No, because then, like, the Atlantic title hasn't been defended a lot. Like, I'm, I think the first time it was defended in AEW was the Kip Sabian match. I think so. it's almost like the whole purpose of that title is to, to be defended on, like, indie shows in other promotions. Which is lame. Which, I, I, to me, it's, it's fine because there's enough championships for, for AEW TV already. So it doesn't bother I'm me that much. two mid-card titles, though, which I think. And I think it might be. That's because also Pac I might have already been on Extragurgeon because now Pac is back. So. Yeah. My dream would just be the North Americans on like a guy that can really wrestle and it's open challenge if you want to do that. And he's having like North American good TV or sorry, the TNT that he's just having regular good TV matches would be my thought. But to make it more like the TV title back in the day. But anyways, that's me. Which they also defend on pay-per-view sometimes, which yeah. I like because I don't like that strictly TV talks and you get and same for the TBS title like it was on pay-per-view. Yeah. Whether it should have been well, or not. I mean, pay-per-view is technically on TV. That's true. <laughs> All right, what's next? I guess that's why can't be on the why can't be on pay per views. Then I guess that's a good point. Right. Okay, move on. 
What are we doing here? Uh, next here, Darby Allen probably says he and Guevara have been competing ever since they came to AEW. Uh, they both won the TNT title. Mm-hmm. True, true. Sammy had two TNT titles. I actually titles. appreciate these recaps, you know. With my bad memory, I'm like, oh, thank you. That's yeah, right. Yeah, they faced off. It's funny. In total, including this match, they've had two, four matches in AEW. Mm-hmm. Two of them tournament, two of them non-tournament. Because they actually competed in the inaugural TNT tournament. Right. True fact. When they were, I think that was when they're back. Right. I remember now. Uh, remember when they were in like a really small area for a while? Yes. And um, remember... I think in their match, like Darby Allen dived on him onto like a ladder, but it was like a real ladder, yes. so it didn't break. Right, I do remember that. Yeah, that's what it was. Right, and then they faced off a Revolution, and then I don't remember. Okay, focus, man. Um, back to uh, the show. Oh, when Guevara was TNT champion recently. Yeah, uh, sure. Last this year, I believe you. Yeah, because he had on. the two belts. Uh, he says and. At one point, uh, he would have called Sammy a friend, but now he doesn't even respect them. And says he won't bring out Sting. Tells Sammy not to bring anyone either to prove that they don't need anyone to win. He'll do the same. Yeah, I liked again. I like the recap of their similar paths in AEW, and then I like that they had footage playing in the background as he was talking. And I thought Darby sounded a lot more comfortable than he did when this company started, right? Because it was kind of like, yeesh, we need to have him in those silent sort of um stylish little set videos and things but now he can talk um i don't think he or sammy have much a shot at winning this tournament but the match could be pretty good i guess so yeah i thought this was good i enjoyed it you i'm surprised how guevara won yeah me too a little bit mm-hmm. although Dar- darby's one of those guys that doesn't need to win a lot right yeah but i mean i would say he's more likely to face mock so yeah so um, that's all a problem from Darby. I like them highlighting the, all the history. It should be a good one on Rampage, which also is Claudio versus Dak. So Rampage seems like a watch this week, which is weird. Yes, I, we will check it out. We haven't yet, but we will. Yeah, at some point. Next. Uh, next we get Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page, which is the first round match in the tournament. Right. Wild card round. I still don't get it. I don't know. Why is, it, why is it called wild card round? Because... I don't know. There's literally no wild cards. They're all wild cards, I would suggest. Because there was no, like, qualifying. They were just picked and put in there. Yeah, but it's like the wild card round was, like, when uh, Johnny, John Morrison and uh, mm, Maki Ito were... Remember there was a surprise entrance in the Owen Hart thing? Yeah. That, that was a wild card. Who cares? Moving um, on. Some holds and counters. Uh, chop exchange when the Danielson picks the ankle and does like a surfboard, but instead of doing like the stretch, he just like stomps the legs. Mm-hmm. Um, corner chops and kicks with Danielson. Um, they're on the outside and Danielson puts him in a hammerlock and sends him in the ring shoulder first or the ring post shoulder first. Yep. Um, followed by slam by Hangman and kip up slingshot punch to the outside. Multiple corner drop kicks by Danielson. Hangman tries to counter the pop up power bomb, but Danielson counters that with the Hurricane Rana. Yes, kicks from Danielson. Uh, later on, Avalanche moonsault fallaway slam by Hangman for two. Pop-up lager bomb by Hangman for two. Yes, kicks in the corner and basement dropping by Danielson with um all with Hangman in the tree of woe. Uh, Danielson goes for an Avalanche back suplex. Hangman flips out. Danielson hits a rolling elbow, but Hangman connects with a lariat for two. Strike exchange with a lot of rolling elbows. Hangman voices with Psycho Knee and hits a dead eye for two. Uh, Hangman misses a moonsault from the top. And uh, Danielson connects with a knee. But knocks Hangman in the rope, so he rolls out. Danielson goes for a suicide dive, but Hangman catches him, hits a powerbomb on the apron. Then the Orihara moonsaults to the outside. 
And then uh, later on, he goes for Danson avoids the buckshot, counters with an O'Connor roll, and Danson picks up the win. Yeah, um, really good match, but I mean, how could it not be with these two guys? I still think these two are capable of even better than this. Like, I, this is really good. I think they're capable of like something fantastic. A little bit of a slower pace than a lot of AEW matches, but there was a lot of physicality to make up for that. Danielson's an absolute technician. Hangman is just a super athlete who can kind of do whatever you need him to do, right? But they both seemed exhausted by the end of this, which isn't a complaint. It kind of adds to matches sometimes, right? When they both look like they're just dying by the end. The crowd se certainly seemed to appreciate the efforts here. A really good tournament match that's going to lead to a Danielson-Jericho rematch on Dynamite, which, to be honest, <clears throat> I'm not sure I need that match again so quickly, even though I like their pay-per-view match. I don't know if I need it run back right away. But again, with so many things moving parts and shifting and people not available, they've had to kind of switch things on the fly. So I thought this was a, a very good match, but still maybe beneath my expectations a little bit. What do you think? Um, So all the matches these two have had against each other have been, all been on TV, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, All of them have been bangers, I'd say. I think this one was the least of the three, but I think it was still pretty great. It was. Um, considering this came pretty out of the blue, it was a great TV match. I like Dean's been working the shoulder the whole time for the LaBelle lock, which would have been a good, good payoff, but I liked him like counting the buckshot. And Nina resort to the roll because it makes Hammond look like he... Dancing through everything at him, he kind of had to like roll, resort to roll up right. at the in the end. Um, I was really hoping Hangman would win because I'd love nothing more than him for, for him to win the whole <laughs> thing as a big suck it to Punk. Uh, <laughs> Knew that but, was coming. Um, I can't complain too much on the guy advancing his dancing, so it was a great match. Yep, uh, loyal listeners, you're gonna get probably lots of Jack Venom towards CM Punk in the near future. I'm guessing that's gonna be a recurring theme here. Yeah, and that's fine. I support you in that, my I'm not, son. I'm not angry. He tore his tricep. I was uh, subtly letting my opinion knowns on Punk, but now we can just full-blown go, I don't like the dude. I don't think he's a good person. I don't respect him. I think he's... I don't uh, like him. He's unnecessarily an ass to Hangman. Right. And he looks like a hobo. Okay. All right, moving on. And... um, You hate he, Punk. We know. Eat mocks for no reason. Okay. Oh, and Ace steals old. Okay. Uh, Jungle Boy promo next. Uh, he says the only thing Cage did was prolong the inevitable. When Cage comes back, he won't just beat him. He'll take years off his career. He says it's funny Luchasaurus used to carry him on his shoulders because Jungle Boy has been carrying his career on his back. Ooh. And he worked his ass off to make them champions. He says he will destroy him. Uh, man, when Jungle Boy picks up the intensity like he did for probably three quarters of this, he sounded really good. And it makes me happy to say that because there are many times where he does not, right? I'm not sure what they do with Jungle Boy now, right? Because you're like pausing Luchasaurus. A, right. So you're pausing the Christian feud for months is gonna make things awkward. And yes, he can definitely deal with Luchasaurus, but how long can he keep him busy until they right. finally need to pay off the Christian feud, right? So yes, you're gonna get Luchasaurus right away probably, but then what are you gonna do to keep Jungle Boy relevant until Christian comes back, I guess is my question. But yeah, this uh, for a Jungle Boy promo, this was sorry, Jack Perry promo. This was very good, I thought. Mm. Oh, yeah, I saw a promo from Jungle Boy. I thought this was a, lot, this was a better one again. Um, him versus Luchasaurus could be cool. At least it creates something in the absence of Christian. But yeah, I guess so. Like, uh, Christian's out for a while, so I'm not sure what the whole plan is. And the contrast in styles with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus could really work, right? And they have a history together. So in theory, that could be really entertaining, mm -hmm. I'm hoping. You could prolong that decent while. You could, right? Yeah. Um, at least for like a few months. Yeah. If you have to. Uh, Stokely Hathaway with his guys, and Hathaway calls himself the king of the ladder matches, which is funny. But again, minus MJF. 
So it comes out with the new faction, but no MJF. Yeah, MJF made no reference to them earlier, and it's like he doesn't exist as part of this faction now, which I find, I don't know what to think about it. Yeah. Know? But anyway. I guess we'll see. Um, he says All Out was the greatest moment of his career. A backstage guy comes out looking like a Takeshita light. Yeah. Uh, saying they're low on time, and Hathaway says when he has a mic, he's got to give him the same respect you give his father. He decks the guy off the mic. Looked good. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a nice shot. Um, and the rest of them attack him other than Morrissey, who just watches on. And then Guns hold him for a big boot from Morrissey. Um, so this is solid. I wish we got some more of the promo before the whole beatdown angle. Maybe some sort of explanation. Mm-hmm. Maybe next week. Yeah. Um, him calling himself the king of ladder matches is pretty funny, though. Uh, the mic shot looks solid. The, the rest of the beatdown looks solid. I thought Morrissey kind of looked kind of cool. Like, yeah. Just being he like does the big guy cool coming in, after. Yeah. Like him executing devastating power moves and stuff yes him putting together a singles match that's like longer than eight minutes problem uh i wish morrissey chokeslammed him though but i guess they just did that yeah um i like this hathaway like he got to flex his heel muscle a bit more here right like he comes across as the leader of this group and not just the mouthpiece whereas that's a different vibe from jade right the jade dynamic feels more like a Heyman lesnar where like jade's in charge and she will... This feels like kind of a Heenan family. Right. So I think he's great in either role. So I don't really care because I think Stokely Hathaway is just awesome. So I thought this was a fine, quick segment to show us a bit more of what this heel group is about. But again, not to bring it up again, for the second time tonight, MJF seems to be distancing himself from this yeah. group. And I am very curious as to why. Like, they have to address this. They can't just not... Ha- you know what I mean? Because the whole... The, the whole pay-per-view came down to that. And then it's like, on the next TV show, there is zero reference to it. So, a bit suspicious. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I trust AEW going forward. So, yeah, I thought this was fine. Hathaway's mm-hmm. great. Uh, next to Claudio Dax Harvard Package, because they got an ROH Tower match on Rampage, which mm-hmm. would have been yesterday. We'll check it out. I um, will, Claudio says... Yeah, I definitely will. This, this we might have sells time me tonight or tomorrow. For sure. Yeah. Um, Clyde says the ROH World Title has always been a workhorse held defended around the world, and it means everything. Uh, Dax says he knows he's not the favorite, uh, but he fights with everything. He fights for his family. If he loses to Clyde, then that's Clyde taking money from his family, and he can't let that happen. Um, I thought both of them uh, spoke solid. I thought uh, especially Dax. <laughs> I just laugh because you're using the exact same words I have written down. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dax knowing. is definitely stronger. Yes. Um, but I think both of them were good. Like you don't even really need a build for this. It just sounds great on paper. It does. I, I, I had both men were solid in this brief video. I personally love Dax on the mic in general. So, yeah, this was good. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, like, I don't need much build. Just these two mm-hmm. guys are going to fight. I'm there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have Dan Garcia, our main event. Daniel Garcia, hometown boy versus Wheeler Yuta for the ROH Pure Championship. Pure rules, of course. Um, Garcia gets a live performance entrance with West Side Gun. Sucked. I like, like the, I like the Dan someone better. I am not a rap aficionado, but I do listen to. I did not think this guy sounded. I thought he was like off time with the background track. I thought his voice wasn't particularly strong. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He was like wearing the, a whole lot of uh, diamonds, though. Let me tell you. But I like the Dan someone better. I, yeah, I just I didn't I didn't like it very much. But anyways, yeah. that's me. Um, so atomic drop and a step of insecure by you to fall by corner clothesline. And diving elbow to a standing Garcia for two. And our judges, did you notice? Sidal. Yep. BJ Widmer and Jerry Lynn. Who? Jerry Lynn. <gasps> you don't know Jerry Lynn? I know Jerry Lynn. Oh, BJ Widmer? Yeah. Yeah, he's an old like ROH. I think he had like a devastating injury at some point and cut his career short. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, of course okay. I know Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Okay, I did, didn't think you knew. 
Jerry Lynn. I was going to say he's ECW fan, champion, he's Ring fantastic. of Honor champion. So his matches, light heavyweight champion. Some of his matches, like with RVD and certain people, are incredible. He was just small, small jacked dude who's just and crazy. old. Well, now yes. Sorry, go well, ahead. Even in Ring of Honor, he was kind of old. Like it was weird. He got the title. Yeah. Um. There's a top exchange until Yuta connects with the snap suplex. Overhand chop and a back suplex by Garcia, followed by a corner clothesline, and then a back suplex and running Larry for two. Uh, Yuta hits consecutive German suplexes, then Garcia blocks one, hits some German suplexes of his own, then Yuta counters, hits more German suplexes, then Garcia counters, more German suplexes, and there's like a bit of standing switch somewhere where they keep switching. Then Garcia hits a form to the back and gets Yuta up for an avalanche German. So many Germans. Yeah, he landed high on so many Germans. avalanche. Uh, 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 uh. There was a high landing on the avalanche German for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Garcia locks in the dragon tamer, but Yuta gets a rope break, which is, it's a sharpshooter. He just gets it really deep, unlike Sting or oh, Rock. super deep. Like, he even kind of releases the foot from under his armpit so that he can lean back even further. I noticed it's almost like a little variation. And it becomes a detriment a bit, too. It, you're right. It leads to a counter yeah. available mm-hmm. for Yuta, right? Yeah, Yuta uses his uh, p- punch warning. Um, he goes for something, which Garcia counters in the dragon tamer. Um, what Yuta counters into a crossface, but Garcia gets out. Yuta gets a seatbelt pin for two. And eventually, Garcia gets the dragon tamer deep. Eventually, Yuta taps. Then you got the code of honor. Danson puts the title on Garcia as a show of respect, and Jericho comes on the ramp shouting like he's all angry. Like, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, a good competitive match between two young stars, right, in their early 20s, I think. So just evenly matched technicians and they told us i had forgotten too and you're like they fought to a draw last time right mm-hmm. so another no they so they said like hammy and dance and they fought to a draw the first time which they clarified actually thank thanks because i was confused mm-hmm. that actually the second one was death before dishonor so they must have oh. had a match before then that wasn't on any ew programming yeah because uh, they, that they're referring to a first match. Another entertaining match, right? And it, to me, it makes total sense to put the title on Garcia. Like, I like Wheeler Yuta, but don't you feel like, similar to Wardlow, his momentum's cooled off. Like, he was getting a lot of attention during the recruitment to the Blackpool Combat and Club. And I still think he's, like, good in that faction, but he he's is. not, like, hot. And they were letting him talk a little bit, right? So he's been silent lately. His, I think his momentum's kind of cooled off. Um, and right now, Garcia's super hot right now, and his style, right, as a technician suits this championship for sure, and he's just higher profile right now, so it makes sense. I thought it was like a hard-fought, entertaining main event with a interesting aftermath, because I like the image of, like, Yuta sitting de- dejectedly in the corner right after losing the title, and a guy that's in his faction is in there congratulating Garcia and raising his hand in victory, and then you have Jericho coming down. So I thought that final, like, visual was pretty cool. With like disappointed Yuta, why is wouldn't you think that your teammate would be consoling you and not congratulating your opponent that just beat you, right? So then it adds more to yeah, that. Yeah, and also Jericho, like, right? So it furthers the whole Garcia like custody battle, as I would call it, basically, right? Um, yeah. So I thought that the match and the aftermath all made sense, and it was an aftermath that wasn't like a running in brawl, right? It was something else that worked. So story, I thought, right? Continuing. I, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like Danson Hangman a little better, but that's not to knock this one. Not not at all. I thought both were great matches. I think the other one was just a little better. Um, I think just like a little better talent. And despite this one being good, I think I I also just t- slightly prefer like n- I I prefer non pure ones just because yeah. like it allows a little more. 
before pure match, I thought it was pretty good. Like it wasn't like overly pure, like you've said about some before. No, it wasn't. It um, was rope breaks, which and... is right. So like, um, oh, I and like closed this. fist, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, it's like they were also weren't too heavy on the technical wrestling. No. Like they did, they did that, yes. which I it's fine. But like they weren't overly heavy on it. Yeah, like, I just don't that's... want like all mat work and counters, right? If right. You're... This one like felt like largely like a normal match, yeah. which is what I like. Like um, showcase your technical skills, but then get more into like pro wrestling to me which is like suplexes and stuff and more high impact stuff mm -hmm. right i want that combination um, the german suplex bit was a little long but even then he does a really nice german actually they even he does they him. talked about yeah like, he does do a really good he, like you know who he needs to face off with then pack Takeshita. didn't he write his masters on the german suplex oh yeah so there you go yeah, Yuta does actually do a nice German he does. suplex, which doesn't sound like it's important, but it's pretty good. No, it looks cool. And I like that it took Garcia Fugue as a dragon tamer. Couldn't get on the first row, which makes Yuta look good because he countered it. Had to, and But it also makes Garcia look good because he forced a rope break out of Yuta. Right. So that kind of works nicely. Good main event, the aftermath of Solid 2. Great for Garcia winning the title. Makes sense. I thought so. Good match. Yep. Uh, overall, I thought another strong episode of Dynamite, despite all of the suspended talent, right? Like, we're missing four megastars. And this th show just kind of kept rolling on, right? I thought we got three strong matches with the trios match, Danielson Page, and the main event all being very good. Um, we got a nice little update from MJF and his group, although separately, which I found a bit intriguing. And then a nice furthering of the Jazz Danielson Garcia situation. And then we had people who aren't always great on the mic, specifically referring to Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, I thought did a very good job on this episode. So I thought this was an entertaining show. But for me, it's a notch below the top tier episode, so it's not quite A level. But again, I think which we have been getting lately. Yeah, so it's been uh, it's another B plus, which I think was last week. So I think like the last five or six weeks, it's been A A A minus B plus. So just mm -hmm. a really good string of entertaining dynamites. I gave this one a B plus this mm -hmm. week. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it was a solid. Like you had some pretty good matches in here and like some better promos. I don't think I think it was really good too, but not quite A range. So I think yeah. a B plus is fair. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that's going to wrap up our Dynamite review. The only thing, I have a few high spots and rest holds we'll move into, and not too many, um, and then I guess we'll get out of here. So let's move into that final segment this week, which is high spots and rest holds. All right, so uh, I have a few from NXT. Should be pretty quick, though, and one from WWE, and one from uh, a couple from pay-per-view so let's go uh first nxt rest hold that i sent you or I, a link to and made you watch while i just giggled in the background oh, last yeah. night <laughs> it was it still makes me laugh i don't know what it was that was so funny it was her so it was kiana kiana james right who is her character is i'm like a high-powered business person <laughs> so i don't even know who yep. is with her who's her little assistant in the low-cut top i have no idea me either but so clearly eye candy it started out as um the dyad right giving out these stupid that'd be a rest hold to these stupid buttons with happy faces the on dyad. them oh my I so hate she it. i hate it she takes one of the buttons and then throws it in the garbage and then like the funny part was her trying to act like she's on a conversation on her cell phone and being like the only business words i know is annual report so she it was just so awkward and so unnatural and just made me laugh it was like bad in the best way possible so i recommend it just as even though it was terrible i just laugh even thinking about it so the annual report and like 
business word I know. Duncan. Bus- business jargon. Business jargon. Really uncomfort and not like giving the person on the other end of the phone time to speak either. So like a really bad, any just a bad segment. It was funny. Um, followed up with the high spot from NXT this week. And that was actually, I was telling you, most of the in-ring action on this show was pretty good. Um, Wesley, JD McDonough had a good match. Got more time than I expected, and McDonough won with the devil inside. And yes, they did call it that, because I think you were curious, right? So <clears throat> instead of calling that the devil inside, I think they're actually calling it the devil inside. You know what I mean? So it's not a pun anymore, but um, still. And then Roxanne and Mako Satomura, as we talked about, had a solid match. Again, I've seen people raving about it. It wasn't that good. It was good. Uh, much better than the average NXT women's match. Mako won that with her Scorpion Rising kick. Nathan Fraser and uh, Axiom had a really good match as well. Um, Similar styles, just super quick, super athletic guys. Um, But somewhere along the line, right, it got switched. I'm not wrong. It was promoted as a Heritage Rules, right? At one point. I don't know. I think it was implied. I don't know if it was directly promoted as such. I think they said it was going to be. And anyways, out of nowhere, it became a two out of three series match. So Axiom won the first match of the series with his leaping kick, but a, a pretty fun match. Uh, rest hold from NXT. Cameron Grimes being an angle with Tony D'Angelo. Awful. Hate it. Poor Grimes. He does the best with whatever they give him, but they keep giving him crap, right? So anyways. Um, high spot, surprising for me. Something about the chemistry between Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate is working for me. I don't know what it is. They teamed up to take on Gallus in the main event had a little opportunity to even talk maybe a couple times on the show. Something about the two of them together worked for me. So I don't know if it's just me or if uh, the powers that be will pick up on that and continue these guys working together, but something about it kind of worked. And then a WWE high spot from whatever at the, whatever collision at the castle. What was out? It was clash at the castle. Clash at the castle. Um, we talked about it already. Sheamus and Gunther was an awesome match. People should go check out. This is what Walter does, right? These are Walter matches. Also, and, uh, Vinci is back with yes, here in Imperium. That's true. And if Gunther, Walter, whatever, gets to work with another guy who's willing to just work stiff, this is what you get. And Sheamus doesn't care, right? So these guys um, just beat the hell out of each other. Uh, fantastic match. Loved it. D butch butch. And at sometimes, because Gunther ended up winning with the clothesline, right? So sometimes you're like, what? He win with it. But it's in a match where Walter, the punishment is so severe. The only person I will allow to win with the clothesline right. is Walter. And that's because he's just beaten the hell out of you for 15 Walter minutes. Beat, he beat Champa with a chop once. Right. To the point where one more solid move, you're done. Right, whatever it is, one he did powerbomb twice yes. in the match too. Right, so. so that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't bother me because the rest of Walter's stuff, like sure, one more solid move is going to take you out because he's beating the hell out of you for the whole match. Um, he's kicking the face. And then my last high spot from NXT Worlds Collide was the opening match between Ricochet and Carmelo Hayes. This was awesome. Uh, one of my favorite matches of the weekend, probably. Honestly felt TakeOver worthy, which is pretty high praise for me to say because all of the TakeOvers were amazing. Uh, Hayes eventually won this with a roll-up. Just two super athletes, right? Just putting it all out there. Great match. Who was called a super athlete? Oh, was that, Rus- that was Rusev's thing. Oh, yeah, it was. I was going to say Tony Nese, sound... but he's the premier athlete. Yeah, it just sounded familiar. Uh, Carmelo Hayes is a star. I don't think he needs any more time in NXT. He and Trick Williams. Trick Williams needs more r- work in the ring for sure. Um, he had a match on this show that wasn't very good, but 
as an act together, they are highly entertaining. And that is all I had. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anything from you mm-hmm. this week? No. Nice. And you said there was no updates from wrestling figures. Not at the moment. So that is going to bring us to the end of episode two. Sorry, 212. I almost said nope. 112. Um, thank you. Any listeners taking out any time from their week to listen to us talk about wrestling. It is much appreciated. We will be back here next Saturday for episode 113. I don't think there's anything in the works before that. So we hope to see you all back here, plus a few more people. Feel free to tell people about us. Uh, Like, share, subscribe, all of those things you do on all of those platforms. Do them for us. That would be amazing. We would really appreciate it. But anyways, we hope you have a great week. We hope we see you back here for episode 113 next Saturday. And until then, take care.